Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and my employees and I want to thank you for your continued support by bringing you the biggest bath sale ever. Get my six-piece towel sets for the lowest price ever, only $39.96. His and her bathrobes, 50% off. Bath mats for as low as $17.49. And I'm also excited to announce the original My Slippers are back in stock. And now they come in even more colors and wide sizes. They're made with the same great patented technology. And yes, you'll still save $90 a pair. So get the biggest savings ever on bath sheets, bath mats, washcloths, hand towels, bathrobes, slippers, and so much more. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code and get deep discounts on all MyPillow bath products, including our six-piece towel sets. Regular $89.98, now only $39.96. Get all your shopping in while quantities last, so please order now. It's time to resist. They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply, refuse to show vaccine passports, refuse to wear a mask, refuse to stay at home. We will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. And we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now. Broadcasting live and live to Patriot Control of America. You're listening to the Patriot Party Podcast. Now on the show, the chair is against the wall. The muskrat jumps over the berm. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. 
and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more.
right, fuckers, to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I am the Mick, and with me, of course, my much better beloved, better half. V. Lynn. Hello, Patriots. So what's going on, folks? How you doing today? Uh, we've got a heck of a show planned. We do. Um, we do. So I, I, it's the first official day of spring break for me, because the younger son has had spring break all this past week. But the older son only started spring break today. So I got to sleep in this morning till like eight o'clock. It was amazing. Considering I usually get up at five 30, eight o'clock is like seriously sleeping in for me. And I woke up to an email from someone I hadn't heard from, from a while, for a while. And, uh, and he was like, Hey, can I give you a call? I said, sure. Call me. And then I spent two hours on the phone with him. <laughs> Blew off my breakfast date with my mom. So, who was this? Uh, his name's Glenn. And uh, he's up in Massachusetts. And he has the Humanity Coalition. So, um, we talked quite a bit. Because uh, there's so many kids. There's a seven-year-old girl that uh, she had her first COVID shot at a, a from a, a drive-by van in her freaking school parking lot. And she had a really bad reaction to it. And, um, and then, you know, a week and a half later, they said, take the next one. And they gave her the second shot at school. Three days later, she was dead. Hmm. And then... Sean, we've talked about Sean before, 17-year-old yep. hockey player. Talked to his dad. Uh, well, I, have, I talked to his dad on Twitter. We haven't talked to yep. his dad yet. We, we're talking, you're thinking of Ernesto, Ernesto Ramirez. Ernesto, no, mm -hmm. we talked to Ernesto We talked too. to Ernesto, yes. We talked to Ernesto Sr. But there's so many kids. And people are finally, 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 especially after Sasha's press conference, which we broadcast here on January 24th as a special broadcast. That's where I met Glenn in the first place. Um, and people realized that it is a DOD vaccine. Yep. Y'all going to sit around and wait for the DOD to come save you and they're the ones that poisoned you in the first place? Well, I, I don't even look at it that way because when you, if you think about it, most of the great conspiracies, most of the great I, I guess we would have to call it the cultures, the great cultures uh, that started, you know, Rome. You look at Rome. How did Rome fall? From within. From within. Exactly. Mm -hmm. How are we going to fall? From within. From within. Absolutely. Why? Because right now our government is killing our own people. Mm -hmm. One of the things, one of my, when I first heard about this today, it was, well, first of all, I was working. So, of course, that takes... Uh, I, I completely blindsided him. I was like, hey, I got a huge show planned. We have a whole bunch of guests, and I honestly don't even know who they are. So, I just told so Glenn, bring everybody. With a two-by-four, I got hit in the side of the head this morning as I'm driving down the road. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I... So, I, I finally called... I finally had three seconds, so I called her. I was just like, all right, so what? what is going on? And she brought up the point, and I was thinking about it and I've been thinking about it stewing on it and I'm there's a lot here one of the biggest things I heard just recently 
and we're going to pack the rest of it when they come on and explain the rest of it to you all. But um, one of the things I want you to keep this in the back of your mind. And I'm, I'm trying to remember the guy. What was his name? I told you his name earlier. Um, God, I can see it. I can't say it. I, I watched it so many times. He is uh, the comedian doctor. He's uh, or the comedian. Yeah. He's, I guess he's a comedian doctor, but he is known as the comedian doctor because he does not believe in childhood vaccines. He mm -hmm. does not believe, and he's a pediatrician. He does not believe in any of that, but he has his doctor's license. He is a certified MD. The crazy part about this guy, or he's the crazy MD, I think that's the what his handle is on Twitter or whatever. Mm -hmm. He made a point the other day. If you think about this vaccine, you think about any other vaccine that we have that we put 72 of into our children every year, just doing during well, in the their first, first two years of their first life. two years yeah. of their life. Um, he said, if you think about those vaccines, he said, the only way you stop this is by affecting the vaccine company's pocketbooks. This is a no brainer. It's so simple. It's supply and demand. Okay. Um, let me tell you something we haven't heard a lot of the COVID and Moderna shots are only good for about six months. Okay. So Mick, if they're only good for six months and we have so many people woke up that they're not going to get their jabs, what are they doing with the jabs? Oh, Pfizer has these little, they have these little things where they come out press conferences and they talk about their destruction of the jab. They've thrown away millions, millions of this jab. They've just tossed it, gone. See ya. Why? Because it went bad. Why? Well, because people aren't going to get the jab. But tell me something. Why aren't they bitching in the open media about it? Because currently right now in Congress, 90%, 90% of the congressmen and women in Congress in both the Senate and the House believe in the jab. Make why is that a problem? We can't stop them from spending our tax dollars in buying the shit. So until we affect the pocketbooks of Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson. How do you do that, Mick? Well, we got to get Congress to stop purchasing the jab. Yep. Well, how do we do that? Well, they well, just first ended of all, the COVID we emergencies. Stop. I'm going to even go back before that. We mm -hmm. tried this past year. Yes, thank you, PQuest, for the cookie. We appreciate it. And thank you, Liana, for saying that to PQuest. We tried last year, though. We really did. We tried last year. How did we try? You guys went and voted, right? Everybody went and voted, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How'd that work out for us? It didn't. Did it? No. Because how many America First, true America First candidates got elected last year? Um, I don't know, but we two. just lost Wisconsin Supreme Court. Two. Yeah, that's another thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, it came out today. Yesterday, but yeah. Yeah, well, last, last night. Last night, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, we we did. We lost in Wisconsin about the uh, overruling of their election. Mm-hmm. So we we don't even have a, a a basis to stand on there. But m- m- the point is, is we we can't do anything until we affect the pocketbook. Think about it. If you guys have gone and watched the movie Dope Sick, which I hope you have, you you watched it in that show. Yeah, because. When they went after that pharma company in Dope Sick, they went after their money first. They put a black label on the bottle. That's like death in the drug world. That means like it's highly addictive. That means like you might die as a result of taking this pill. That's how they went after their their money. If we don't do that now, this we prove it. You've seen the documentation. You've seen all of the the reports that hey, look, this is a government backed vaccine. So how do we affect the pocketbook of Pfizer, Moderna, or Johnson and Johnson and the government without affecting the government? Just throwing it out there. Got to affect the government too. But anyway. We got a lot. Oh, Fantastic. Holy crap. All right. Well, uh, apparently I got to bring some people in here. Yes. All right. Let's Who start am with I bringing Glenn. In? Glenn. Yes. How you doing, Glenn? You. I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Good to see you. We've got some more people. Through okay. Yes. Yeah. Just fine. Excellent. So, uh, yeah, we got a bunch of people coming on board here in just a moment. Um, that's, uh, but. But Glenn, let's let's start with you here before we start bringing everyone else in. Can you uh, kind of give everyone a rundown of of who you are and why you're doing what you're doing? I am a University of Connecticut guy. And oh, here's a sweatshirt from a prior championship. Yes, they yeah. just won it again. Yes. Yeah. So how, how appropriate is that? Huh? What a wonderful game that, set of games they played. Yeah, yeah, they sure yeah. did. Won everyone in double digits. I was impressed. Oh, I, I, was, also, I was there the year that men and the women won. And here, we, so. yeah, like burn stuff. Yeah, you so. did. That was an old store. So <laughs> we... Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh, the precursors to them burning stuff down now. We we used to burn stuff when, uh, you know, when our teams won. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, so Glenn, tell everybody uh, a little bit about yourself and your background and, um, and, and what brings you here? He's breaking up. Um, I think we're, we're losing you on the internet there. Yeah, he can't hear us. You're uh, breaking up pretty bad. Yeah, can't hear you at all. There we go. There you, go. you look to be now unfrozen now. Let's start. Let's start that all over again. I'm, I'm going to take my phone off of uh, Wi-Fi so it's not interfering. Yes. See, I do that to mine all the time. And I also have a second computer. I can take that offline too if, uh, if we experience any problems. Uh, so what, what I was asking is, uh, is there any reason not to bring Vlad in and uh, and Ray in? No. Uh, so uh, it looks uh, like we got a, we've got. Yeah. Yep. 
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We were uh, waiting for you because we were going to let you uh, yeah. tell your story first. But uh, yeah, by all means. And uh, I don't see Vlad's camera up yet. So as soon as he pops in here, we'll we'll bring him on, too. But uh, he, he's his intent is to stay off camera. So there may be Perfect. uh and bring him in, and we'll just I'll have audio there. I'll bring him in, and I'll just bring him in on his audio. There we go. There we go. Okay. Excellent. Everybody's so, here now. Super. Could um, I just mention, I'm so happy that you mentioned the series Dope Sick about Purdue Pharma, uh, because I have been pushing people to watch that for as long as I've been aware of it, because that series maybe helps people to be aware of what's taking place now better than pointing out what's taking place now. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. We, we watched it um, probably what, six weeks ago, yep. two months ago now, and it blew us away. And we've been doing the same thing. We encourage our entire audience to watch it and, and then go back and watch it again. Cause because it's one you of those watch things. It, twice. it bounces around so much and goes back and forth. Like the first time you watch it, it's kind of a, it's like an overview. It's like watching, it's like reading a really good detailed book. You have to go back and, and do it again to really dig down into the details and see how corrupt those evil bastards really are. And also it's the process. They, it details how a pharmaceutical company captures critical federal infrastructure meant to protect us and ending, ending ends up harming us. And you watch that. And then you watch the FDA hearings uh, about these drugs, about these vaccines. And it's like, Oh yeah, this is a, this is just uh, season two. God, that's exactly what I thought when I saw it. I was like, holy crap, this is like, this is the next season of, you know, Dope Sick. Yeah, yeah. now it's called Dead Sick. Um, so, uh, so Glenn, tell, uh, if, if you wouldn't mind, tell everyone uh, kind of about the Humanity Coalition and, and where y'all sure. are going and what your intent is. Okay. Um, uh I'm a University of Connecticut grad. I graduated in 1974. I'm currently 70 years old, uh, retired. And uh, uh, three years ago, when all of this was starting, it seemed unusual to me, especially when it, it uh, you know, why can't they get people uh, well quicker? And so I started following a variety of things, including Dr. Merrick on FLCCC. Uh, and then uh, after after Christmas of, of 2020, I decided, gee, something's going wrong. This must be easy to fix. I'll, I'll see what I can do to get involved. <laughs> and uh, I, I reached out and contacted uh, Peter McCullough. Uh, at that time, we started gathering a variety of the doctors to try to do uh, a coordinated set of activities. Unfortunately, as uh, they, they collected and then certain things were going on, they decollected and, and that didn't go anywhere. So I. I, I went on and I said, uh, do I just stop here? And I said, no, nope, let, let me look around. And I connected up with uh, Dr. Marble and, and my free doctors and, and Dr. Artis uh, as a, a, big, a big fan of that connection. Uh, and, I, and I drove forward around uh, getting a lot of uh, public opinion to the, uh, to the six to 11 year old vaccines that was done in October of 2021. Mm -hmm. uh, we got that count up uh, to 150,000, mostly negative. And they completely ignored us. Yeah. So now came, what do I do next? <laughs> and uh, so following that, I, uh, I got connected with the Stephen Frost Zoom calls that occurred twice a week with various experts. And, uh, and that's where uh, all of us in this group uh, evolved from. 
that we're we're frequent members of that, and we decided to start having uh, action committee meetings. And uh, uh, initially, just two or three times a week. And uh, for the past five months, it's been every night, every 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 week, every night. <laughs> so. I got a question I got to ask because that's kind of odd because where you live, you're in like the People's Republic of Connecticut. And I love to call it that. And I, when I tell, call my parents all the time, that's what I tell them. I said, well, remember, mom and dad used to live in the People's Republic of Connecticut. It is yeah. a socialist Soviet Republic up there. It is completely different than the South down here. You come down here, it's actually a little bit more freer and lenient. I wonder what is it like? I mean, especially there. That's that you're not living in. I mean, that's not considered friendly territory. Um, that's that you're taking a stand and you're probably pissing a lot of your neighbors off. I'm sure of that. Uh, not just my neighbors, my household. Ooh. We're, we're a, uh, a civil house. war family. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It's a rough one. And that is when, rough. Um, my my oldest daughter uh, evolved through the California system, both as a teacher, assistant principal, and principal, and then moved back east. But uh, uh, the ideas didn't shift. So uh, it's different. <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll enjoy one of them. That's a big difference uh, down here in Texas, where I have a number of friends, including including my cousin, who I'm staying with. I'm I'm in Texas right now, and. Uh, you ask them around things they do and and oh you know you can you can get uh, the horse paste from from uh, uh tractor supply oh super we're all set then mm -hmm. you, you, you say that in connecticut some in the truck hell no <laughs> i'll do anything but that horse paste <laughs> oh or you can just go to dr stella dr stella md.com and you know, get, you, you get can go get real there. ivermectin, real ivermectin, real hydroxychloroquine. Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. Yes. Yep. So okay. you brought a group of people with you. Yes. yes. Mr. Ray, how are you doing there, sir? I think he's muted. Can you unmute? Yeah, there yeah, you there go. I'm, I'm doing very well. Thank you. Up so, here in Canada, <laughs> the People's Canada. Republic of Canada. <laughs> the People's Republic of Canada. All right. Excellent. Um, fantastic. Ooh. All right. So uh, what's life like up in, in uh, very cold Canada? We're in South Georgia, so um, our blood is thin. It's, it's cool, but we actually have a lot of hope here in Alberta, and it's largely because of our new premier, uh, who we elected uh, late in last year. And she has taken freedom to the next level here. And what, a, what an amazing uh, woman she is. Uh, we love her to death and we're supporting her with everything that we've got. How, how is she doing against the government? Because that's gotta be a tough fight. She is the government. No, no, no. I mean against Canada, the national government. Yeah, that that is a challenge, but she is up for the fight. Many of us call her Margaret Thatcher II. And so you have some idea just what kind of constitutional fortitude she has. Uh, she's an inspiration to so many of us 
for taking the stand against the federal government, which has become very oppressive over the last three years. We're looking to change that environment completely here in Alberta with all the things that are going on. And we can talk a little bit more about that later uh, in terms of what happens when masses of people decide that freedom is better than being penned up in your house. Yeah, one of our uh, one of our best listeners. I don't know if Jason. Huey boy, Huey boy's here. He, yeah, he just said she she's taking it by the balls. Yeah, I, I, I like that. And uh, and Jay, I don't see Jay in here yet, but I'm sure he'll he'll pop in. Um, it, we've got a lot of people that were involved with the uh, the Canadian truckers um, doing the the freedom rallies with the truckers, and and they're still doing it, and they're still having an impact. So, um, our uh, you know the redheaded stepbrother to the north might be a little further along in fighting for freedom than we are. I, I believe that. I believe there's something to that. Our lead, our lead, Tamara Litch, uh, is from Alberta here. And she really took the bull by the horns and just uh, went to town leading the our trucker convoy down to Ottawa. Uh, what an inspiration she has been. Uh, she's in a great deal of uh, oppression, uh, that sort of thing, but she's a fighter, a fighter all the way, and uh, the kind of person that many, many of us can stand behind. Well, good on her, and uh, absolutely, I, I like that. I like to hear that, Dr. Thorpe. How are you today, sir? Hold on, I have to. Oh, I think no, he's no, nope, he's on. Yep. Fantastic. Uh, what, let me let me slip in two things. One yes. is uh, bringing up the truckers. Make sure I I talk about them later. We've got a role they can play play that is wonderful. You're gonna, you're gonna love to hear about it. Uh, the second, I, from from a strategy viewpoint, uh, there are two of the other core members, and that's Dr. Jerry Brady from Australia, and Dr. Sam Dubay from uh, from Canada, from Ottawa, the uh, the belly of the beast uh, from the north. Uh, uh, Jerry will be joining us. He's uh, we we rousted him out of bed <laughs> because this was a late <laughs> schedule. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and in in Australia, it's only uh, seven a.m. or something. Uh, and and Sam is actually in another activity uh, today that he's presenting at, and so he wasn't able to join us in in Toronto. Uh, but uh, he he is one of our key spokesmen. They they uh, Ray will will get into a show like this that uh, is, is showing the roots and the background. Uh, but you probably won't see him come on camera much, but you will see me and, and Sam Dubay uh, frequently. Also, I, I was at the trucker protest just about every day. And if you like, at some point, I would be delighted to show you 30-second clips that I took there myself. Absolutely. Love it. We'd love it. Dr. Thorpe, excellent to have you with us. Um, I've been following you closely for a long time, and I think I kind of – uh, maybe shocked Glenn a little bit this morning with a new statistic I heard that uh, showed a 40% increase in maternal mortality in the United States in the last, since the rollout of the jabs. That's scary. Oop. And we lost him. I think he hit the wrong button. I think so too. <laughs> okay. Well, he can come back in. I'm sure he'll as... ju he'll jump back in here in just a moment. Yeah. So, Vlad, how about you uh, introduce yourself and and tell everyone a little about uh about where you come from and and where you're going? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, 
I work with Glenn, of course, on all of these efforts, uh, very important efforts. I also work for rarefoundation.com in the States. Yes, very familiar with the Rare Foundation. Uh, most of their interviews, actually, and videos are done by me. Uh, I have my own website as well, vladtepesblog.com, which is where the name comes from. Um, uh, let's see. Um, so, I'm, and I, I work a lot of the technical aspects for, for Glenn and his group. And uh, I've been working on, this is not my first line of effort. The, the COVID thing is where I am delighted to say a great deal of people woke up, but I have been involved in activism against what is a galloping statism, galloping uh, neo-Marxism in the Western world, going back at least 15 years. Um, you know, I've been involved for at least 15 years anyway. Uh, one of my main efforts has been subtitling into English foreign news clips which illustrate what is taking place and for which Western mainstream news simply never discusses. I mean, I'm talking about monumental events that people in the West would, wouldn't be aware of at all if we didn't present it with English titles. So um, I've been working on that pretty much full time with a group of translators uh, since, uh, well, at least since, I don't know, 2005, something like that. Well, I can tell you, Mick's probably been um, been double checking behind you recently because he speaks a multitude of languages. So when we have foreign clips on, which we try and play as many as we can find, I, I've noticed they started um, to put the 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 volume down on the speaker because a lot of us started fact checking what they were saying in real time, saying, "Well, that's not exactly what he said." Well, we could really use you. If you would like to join our team of translators, I'll put you in a Skype room. We could re we, re we really need more people, especially uh, at the moment, French. French? In French? Really? Yeah, you can, French is easy. Parlez en français. Oui, oui. Yeah, Nick uh, learned a, a, a lot of languages through um, immersion programs in the military. So, you know, they just. In the ro romantic languages are the easiest. Yeah. So. They, they merge them all together. Started, started with Latin, and then they just, you know, all flow out from there. So that would be fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty easy. So fantastic. So, um, and before uh, you move off of that topic, uh, you know, we, we are a coalition. We're looking to have virtually everybody that's possible to join. Uh, not that we're looking to have them be members of us, but that we're, we're linking them and associating them and, and bringing them together. And in the, uh, uh, in, in, in Zilkil, uh, uh, 37, the, uh, the nature of how the, uh, the seven, uh, houses of, of Israel to brought together and joining those sticks together to form one large stick for the Lord to use. Okay. Well, I've got one, uh, Veronica, you speak fluent French. If you speak fluent French, I beg you to reach out to these guys. Um, I'm pretty sure Glenn will put post a website that we can post up here at some point. Yeah. And we'll get them uh, in touch. We'll, so we'll get one of the one of the I connections we we speak different languages right now telling me hey I speak this I speak that I I got people that I can send your way please uh, tell them to contact um, either through through Glenn or through rarefoundation.com or leave a note at Vlad Tepes blog all one word dot com and we'll get you to work can't thank you enough this would be fantastic we really appreciate it and we have a large canon of work we can show people that want to know what we've been doing. There you go. Uh, our, our first big non-English country we're hoping for is Germany. Uh, mm -hmm. Christine has visited uh, Canada recently, and uh, Vlad knows her. 
and uh, she's been terrific if you've heard, heard her speak, uh, both in general on things and about her father, who's, who spent many years in prison. Who, who's this again? Christine. Christine. What's her last name? Do you mean Christine Anderson? Yes. Christine Anderson. Glenn's referring to, uh, yeah. she's a member of the European Parliament yeah. for Germany. She's, she works for, a, she's with a party called the AFD or Alternative for Deutschland which is the only non-freaking communist party in Germany. Yeah. They're a classical liberal party. They basically sound like every party sounded all across the West until about 20 years ago when we became communists somehow overnight. And as a consequence of which they're constantly demonized as being Nazis just for speaking what's openly true around them. So, and Christy, Christine Anderson's fantastic. And she's the, one of the main spokespeople for the AFD in the European Parliament. We've played clips of her yes. before. Yeah. Yep. I yeah. know exactly who you're talking about. Uh, absolutely. I, it was like, wait, I was like, yeah. Christine, I was like, <clears throat> I know yeah. like three of them. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's even better. I like that. That's mm -hmm. phenomenal. Uh, I didn't know I that mean, she was involved. I, I feel like Germany is the, the center of this, to be honest, the, the root of this. Again? Um, well, that's where it, that's where it started from and it never stopped. Germany started the mass migration program through Angela Merkel as a method of what what I'm going to I'm going to use a, a term here, which I'll regret later, but dialectically negating their own population through uh, the destruction of their own culture by the Im mass importation of one that's hostile to them. Isn't that what we're doing? Yes, it is. It's what we're all doing. But but as as your co-host indicated it started in Germany. Uh, Merkel, in fact, had commercials throughout the Middle East and Africa encouraging people to come in for, for basically free money and accommodation in, back in 2015. Uh, and it was uh, Germans that started working with the UN to create a thing called the United Nations Migration Compact. And uh, if you like, I'll put a couple of links in the private chat here. Sure. Which will which deal with the, that migration compact and it's it's actually the UN passed it. Other countries have adopted it in their own ways as law. It's going to blow your mind when you see what we've all agreed to, starting through Germany and the UN. I'll give you the links in a, in a minute through the private chat here. Okay. okay. Wow, that is uh, okay. Touche. Again, um, very interesting. So I. Uh, let, let me just give a, a, a one-minute overview uh, yeah, that we can use as a prep up for, for Dr. Thorpe. Um, our intent here is clearly to, to get back our freedoms, uh, things that are, are, have been defined by our Constitution in the U.S. and, and our, our Bill of Rights. Uh, and, and all the things you talk about all the time. I, it, was, it was such a joy speaking with you this morning. I, I came away from that going, finally, my long-lost twin. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we're we're on board with with all those same uh, goals, and uh, and we we've always struggled with how do we get out and how do we who can really help the most. And we came to that conclusion that it's only the full public and that uh, that there's there's no institution, there's no set of countries. There's uh, you can't do it with the doctors, you can't do it with the lawyers, uh, you can't do it with the army. Uh, so we the people, we have to become the cavalry for our freedom. And that's our theme is look around. There's, there's nobody else. You have, everyone has to, this is the time. This is the, the moment 
if, if you know, if not now, then when, if not you, then who? And uh, so, and, and we have an answer for the where, right where you are. We want everyone to engage and be very active in a local basis and to set up structures and to be massively distributed uh, so that they can't be attacked in mass, that uh, there's just too many of them spread out over too much space uh, for them to, and, and, and once you go local, the, uh, they, they, can't, they can't put the AI bots uh, into, uh, uh, into meetings at, at churches or at, uh, uh, at pubs or, or, or out in greens. Um, going physical and meeting people is, is, is such a, a trusting affair that uh, people really enjoy it. And, uh, and I think we can get a lot of traction. So uh, on the, the two themes to right here around going forward is uh, we need to protect uh, the children from being murdered by the vaccine and the unborn being murdered by the vaccine. And so uh, Dr. Thorpe is here to tell us how they're murdering the unborn with, with the vaccine. Well, really quick, uh, I really that 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 should be your mission statement. That should be right there. That's your mission statement. This is what your goals are. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're set up to do. This is how we're going to do it. And this is how we're going to attack this. I mean, that should be your mission statement. That's outstanding. And I, I like that. I don't think Dr. Thorpe is back yet. I don't know where he went. I think he might have had to see a patient. He's kind of left the room. Dr. Thorpe? I'm calling Dr. Thorpe. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Anyway. Well, He'll be back, um, and um, um, you know we indicated that uh, we we had a you know a fair amount of time here to uh, to come you. in and out of subjects and to switch between people, and and as I said, we rousted uh, Dr. Jerry Brady out of bed, so uh, I suspect he'll be joining us near the top of the hour. Okay, um, doc, not a problem. Uh, let's see. Let me give a little more context. Uh, uh, we are in the early portion of of this launch. And, and getting active. And uh, so there's a learning so, process we're so going through. Your launch concerning this, I, I just want to make sure I understand this properly. You want everybody to get active in their local areas, where they're at, where, so for instance, if you're um, in Canada right now, or um, you're down here in Georgia, what do you want us to do when you say get active? What is your goal? We, we want people to gather and meet and greet. And yes, you, you sometimes you, you know people and friends and neighbors that, that uh, uh, believe in the same things. Uh, sometimes you have to probe it a little bit. And, and one of the easy ways lately is to sort of ask somebody, how, how do you feel about that new, new booster? Because even those that have had the shots, and, and many of them have gotten COVID, they, they didn't have a, a terribly difficult time with COVID. And so they're saying, hmm, why, why, why am I going through these shots? It's not really preventing me from getting sick, but I'm still able to survive. So th that's a very you know, easy, neutral question you can ask somebody is, you know, how do you feel about that new, those new boosters? And almost everyone knows somebody that's damaged. You, you, it's very hard to, to, uh, to find people that have truly died from the virus because so many cases have been blamed on the virus, but but otherwise we're actually the, the vaccine. But everybody, everybody knows somebody that's been damaged or killed by the vaccine. Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, 
one of the things I know, and when it comes to the, especially the vaccine and a lot of the stuff with the vaccine, um, down here in the South, for instance, one of the things, the hardest thing that we had to deal with that I know up North, you guys got the vaccine and it was almost like instantaneous for the people to get out there and get it right down here. We didn't, we got it about three weeks after you all did. Uh, how do I know that? My mom and dad were calling me saying, Hey, cause they're up there and they didn't listen to a word I said. I told them not to get it. And they're, well, they're just, um, stuck in their ways. So to their speak. other daughter-in-law is a nurse. So she obviously knows so much better than we do. So, Anyway, long story short, she went, uh, anyway, they were telling me, yeah, that the, they're already rolling the vaccine out up here. And I was just like, well, I wouldn't go get it if I were you, but, uh, they went and did it anyway, but that Six was times. Yeah. Um, but they're in the same boat and there's a lot of Americans today that are waking up. There's not a whole lot of people out there that are providing them answers, specifically the government. There's a lot of people that are asking, Hey, why am I sick all the time? What, what it's why why did this happen after the vaccine and nobody's listening to them there's a ton of people out here that would testify in capitol hill tomorrow if they could against the vaccine but no republican has come down here to ask it why because 90 percent of the republicans that are still in office right now in congress all support the vaccine so until we affect the republicans until we affect anybody it offices, doesn't remember who republican or democrat i don't care yeah. at this point until the, we the affect those offices. The, it's the ultimate leveler. It is It is completely apolitical. It is. It should cross both party lines. I mean, yeah. Americans are dying from it. Yeah. But nobody's saying that. No one cares. No, 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 no. I, it's not that nobody cares. It's nobody's saying it. That's my that, take. That, that's what I would say. And that's, that's actually one of the things that upsets me the most is that uh, the, the vocabulary has become completely dishonest and, and wrong. So, you know, we, we, we have these descriptions of, oh, have you had the, the uh, Pfizer shot of, you know, oh, yeah, that's been approved by the, by the FDA. Well, it's not been approved by the FDA. The FDA had no authority and therefore that they're, they're, it was all a scam that they ran those processes claiming they were approving them when they weren't actually. So the, the, uh, the, the vaccines are all completely owned by the Department of Defense. Uh, they were structured that way from before uh, 19, 2020, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, they have a whole superstructure system uh, for buying special uh, purchases during uh, 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 crises times. And uh, even though we weren't really in a crisis, they used that mechanism to, to basically run the entire vaccine development system with uh, black money. And uh, so I, I, I specifically call it the, uh, the DOD uh, Pfizer vaccine. Now, I still keep Pfizer in it because they are involved. It is some of, the, of what's called Pfizer it comes from some of their manufacturing, but they are purely a subcontractor associated with the actual fluid and the vials. Correct. The, the federal government owns those vials right into the pharmacy, right into the doctor's office, and and they only they only relinquish relinquish control of it when it goes into your arm. But do they? 
Yes, they do. I, they, I mean, they don't really? cook well. Well, I, I, I don't. Let's not go into that. That ownership of decision. So uh, that says if uh, if you're if you're no longer human, then um, the, anybody can own you. Um, if yeah, your identity well, changed, but yeah, that's a that's a whole different rabbit hole. Good to go luck down. with that whole discussion um, here. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I love to call I, that. I'm glad that you're like aware that. of that argument, though. That makes me. Oh, we're um, not just aware of it. We, we, we helped promote it for, for, for eight weeks. So my group was uh, Sasha Lodipova, uh mm -hmm. came forward and said, can you, can, can you help us uh, get visibility? And yeah. we decided to take that one on. Uh, so my team sponsored all, the first four cycles of, of pre presentations that she did. And the most successful one that I think anywhere in the world is, has seen is, is her presentation uh, together with Sam DeBay and uh, Laura Logan. Mm -hmm. uh, that's available on our site. It's available in her Substack. Uh, over know, over a hundred thousand views. I've been waiting for you to bring this up because Sasha also shared the documents that she had gotten. The contracts. The contracts with us. Yeah. I got to review, and I tried to get back twice, and I got an email rejected both times from the email that she sent it from. So I don't know. You should have just told me. I have a different email. See, I wish I knew that. Anyway, yes. one of the big things I noticed, you guys are um, about 20 years off, actually, in 1996. That is the year you guys need to go back to. I can't say why. You have to be an well, investigator, figure this out. 1996, the Army did something. And a whole lot of people were vaccinated with another drug. If you go back to 1996, you're going to see the same contract number or beginnings of the same contract numbers, which can give you the history of what the military was doing in 1996. If you look at that. Was that series three or series four? I'm not. I can't. You can't, but I can. I can't. I can't. You can't. You're damn right. I can't. But I can. It's our show. Just remember my ass is on the line here. Okay. Um, well, let, let me, let me tell I've, I've, we've shared this story before. Let me tell y'all a little I, story. So my, my, my system just cut out. So that's why I went off, off camera. We can, so we, we, can we, 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 we can hear you. Yeah, we can that's hear great. you. You're fine. I just, yeah. if, if you needed to repeat, if you wanted me to respond to what you were just describing, just repeat it from gotcha. after you started talking about 1996. Um, so, uh, so, so this idiot at the beginning of this whole scam went out and, and got the jab. Uh, yeah, two of them actually. Okay, I was I was. I did, but mad. I only got one. I was so mad. We had literally just done a show about all of the negative side effects. Based it was a science on, experiment, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I wanted to see if it was that bad. I was like, "Hey, I'll be. I'm a fire at the time. Understand this. I was a firefighter and EMT. Um, it was coming down from our people that you had to get it. And I said, you know what? I've been injected with everything." And that's, that's I the stood the in a line. I stood in a line and they pressed an air gun up to my shoulder and pumped me full of I have absolutely no idea what, because I was told at this time that you're going to sign this document. And I was a dumb private. And I said, yes, Sergeant, I'm signing the document. And I did. And I got whatever that was pumped into me. And I have no idea what it was. As far as I know, I'm already dead. So. I figured, what's another vaccine? I've been telling him for years that the only way he'll die, because the doctors told him 18 years ago he'd be dead in five years uh, after his brain surgery. Obviously, they lied. Um, but as so I've been telling him for years that the only way he's going to die is if I kill him, because 
the devil, God doesn't want him and the devil's scared of him. So I think he was testing me to, you know, see if the jab would actually kill him. But anyhow, um, but, but in 96, shortly after he joined the army, he did get the anthrax vaccine. And, uh, after he got this, the COVID vaccine, we went to Jamaica on vacation and I realized just before we left that his passport had expired. Do you know how hard it is to get a passport during COVID? It's insane, especially to get it in a week. Okay. I called our congressman on his personal cell phone because it's all about who you know. Um, and I didn't know him, but my boss did at the time. And, uh, and I got him to get him an appointment in D.C. to get his passport done. Um, he got it done. Actually, we, he got to Jamaica a day after us. And while he was in DC, you know, he put out some, some feelers, some phone calls, whatever, sent out some messages to some people. Cause he used to work there, some friends and one of his, his doctors, actually one of his neurosurgeons hit him up and said, Hey, come meet me at this bar. We'll have a drink. So he gets there and doc asked him if he got the jab. And he said, yeah, he said, all right, well, let's, let's go out to the parking lot. And, uh, and Mick said, do you, uh, want me, do you want me to tell that part of yeah, the story? Go ahead, I was really like, funny. whoa, whoa, whoa. I know you're in the Navy doc, but us in the army, we, we exchange money before this happens. <laughs> he did not find that as fucking hysterical as I did. <laughs> I thought it was absolutely right. He did not, anyway. but we had that ongoing type uh, banter. At least buy me a beer for us first before you violate me in a public parking lot. Yeah. Um, but, but no, he uh, took me out to his car so he could draw blood from me. So, um, and then, on his way to Jamaica the next day, he got a phone call from the doctor who had given his blood to a hematologist who said he had no spike protein whatsoever, nothing. In fact, his blood was perfect. Yep. Um, absolutely perfect. So reproducing just like it's supposed to, mm -hmm. everything was good to go, blah, blah, blah. He did, uh, he did all the tests. He said, dude, you have nothing in your blood. You said, you sure you were injected? I said, yes, yes. I am positive. I've got my card. Do you want to see it? He's sure. like, yes. I took pictures of my card. I sent it to him. He is running a study right now because he believes anthrax kills the vaccine. He believes that the soldiers that were in first Inoculated. It was three or four. The initial inoculation of anthrax kills the vaccine because it's an antibody being basically trying to form around a cell and it attacks anything that does that. Anthrax does. And even if you don't have Cifafox or the Cipro, if you don't take the Cipro 500, which activates the anthrax in your body, it, it still kills everything which is ridiculous in and out of itself. Oh, Gary's here. I should add him. Excellent. So, so anyway, so his That's neurosurgeon Jerry. or Jerry, Jerry, his neurosurgeon thinks that, um, anthrax may be the, the original antidote to the jab because we know that they've been developing the jab since, I mean, we, we've traced it back as far as 2005, correct, but it probably goes back further than that, but they would not put something out without having an, and how having an antidote first. And the fact that the contract numbers, uh, well, the, the, the anthrax vaccine also was contracted through OTA, through the other transactional authority through the DOD. So that's their the original it's like version dope sick versus today it's how they did OTA. it the first time around they used ota to get through um the to pay for the anthrax vaccine for all the soldiers so anyway she said it i said it 
it's it's open documents uh, that you know Sasha has all of those. She she prints them Sasha out. Sasha has the COVID. Sasha's got a She doesn't um, have the contract. Well, contracts. if if she doesn't, she's she's aware of how to get them. I mean, we're we're, yeah, we're all familiar so. with the fact that that uh, Anthrax was the first test cycle on on uh, on, on going to the uh, uh, the countermeasures mechanism for for a biological agent like this. Yep. Mm -hmm. But. At, at least there's some justification there of saying, well, that's a wartime thing. And that's with a narrow scope of, of the, uh, of the military, the notion of doing something on a rush job and, uh, then saying, well, what the heck, we'll just throw it at, at seven and a half billion people instead. It's insane. It's immoral. Yes. It's Satan. Mm -hmm. It is. Jerry. He's still getting ready. I think. Getting settled. Yes. He'll pop in. I was going to bring him in, but. There we go. Oh, there you we'll go. Give him a minute. Give him a minute. There he is. Jerry. How you doing, sir? Oh, hi. Uh, who am I talking to? I'm not. What's your I'm, name? Is, I don't know your is, name. This is, I'm Mick. This is VLAN. And I think you know everybody else that's here. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I do. Of course. Of course. Uh, I have seen your show before uh, once upon a time, and I thought it was very good. So, um, well, thank you. Uh, Appreciate it. So, 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 Jerry, just so it's handy for you, it's, it's Mick. He spells it M I C, but same as M I C. Okay. And, mm -hmm. and the Lynn is, it's just Lynn L Y N N with a V on the front. Yep. So, exactly. Okay. Yep. V okay. is my good. first initial. Okay. Good to see you. Um, I've just got up this morning. So, uh, sorry, I was a bit late getting in. No, um, don't worry about it, sir. Yep. We know what time it is there in Australia. <laughs> okay. It's, uh, it's 9am at the moment. So it's not too bad. Um, okay. So, uh, do you want to ask me questions or do you want to me to just uh, tell you a few things first? About well, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, I, I actually, um, our friend Liana on her show this morning played a, a clip of the, the woman whose voice is on all of uh, the Garmin, gives all the directions because uh, they specifically chose her because apparently um, the Australian accent is the most pleasant English accent on the face of the planet. So please, Jerry, speak. <laughs> yeah, Jerry, I think the biggest focus is going to be your years as a physician and your years as a biotech. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, there are many Australian accents, by the way. It's not, there's no single Australian accent. There's a lot of different styles of accent, but um, um, they call it mid-Pacific in Hollywood. Um, they have a mid-Pacific accent, but um, well, where do we start? Okay, I'll very quickly tell you about myself. I'm a retired doctor. I've been a doctor for 30 years in the past uh, in the front line of medicine, mainly doing adult medicine, uh, never looked after children, always adult medicine, always uh, big disease sort of things. Um, but I retired 15 years ago, so I've been out of it quite a long time. So I'm very much a retired doctor um, and out of it for a long time. However, I've got a bit of a, a different background to most doctors. I started a, a company in about 1990, I think it was, that became Australia's first significant biotechnology company. So that's 32 years ago now. Um, and that company specialised in genetic engineering of microorganisms and large-scale fermentation. We had a big fermentation plant, state-of-the-art, and we uh, initially started making restriction enzymes, which are the uh, tools of trade for genetic engineering. Uh, we weren't engineering viruses in those days. It was all bacteria. And the technology was quite mature, even in 1990. So genetic engineering of microorganisms is old technology. It's not new. 
I was discussing PCR tests in 1992 with my staff. Uh, Carrie Mullis invented PCR in 1987, so I, I know all about PCR. Or not all about it, but I know I've got a working knowledge of it. Um, so that company became uh, quite large and then turned to anti-cancer therapeutics and um, eventually, a long way down the road, it uh, uh, it was purchased by its biggest uh, shareholder, who happened to be a Taiwanese pharmaceutical company. Um, so there's a lot of story in that, but it, it sort of gives me an insight into the world of biotech that most people don't have. Um, so since then, uh, something, I'll just do this on a timeline. So after that, um, after I did all that, I started another company, which is the first company to map the internet, but that's just another thing altogether. And then in, and, and we, we achieved that by the way. And then in about 2003, uh, while I was practicing medicine again, I was back practicing medicine and, um, uh, SARS cold the SARS cold virus, the first coronavirus, um, let's call it suspicious epidemic occurred in Asia. I'm living in a, a city in Australia, which has um, aircraft coming in every hour from Asia. I mean, the airport in our city is uh, very close to the busiest airport, international airport in Australia now. And so these, these uh, aircraft are coming in every hour full of 300 people. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting for SARS-CoV to turn up. Okay, the very first coronavirus, 2003. Now, it didn't turn up. It didn't come. So that's bizarre. It didn't get on a plane. Okay. And viruses do get on planes. They do travel by cars and trucks and buses and planes normally. So that was a very suspicious event. And it had a high death rate. And it disappeared very quickly uh, at the end. And I thought this is very, very suspicious. And I was very suspicious that it was uh, an engineered virus of some sort, probably just a coronavirus. I then followed the uh, science of coronavirus manipulation for the next 15 years, waiting for the next version to arrive. So I waited 15 years for the next version of SARS-CoV to turn up, and it turned up in 2020. Okay? So it was no surprise to me, none at all. I'd been waiting a long time for this event. And when it came, I knew exactly what we were faced with, and I knew what was going to, what was going to happen. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm a bit different in all those respects. I'm not your normal doctor. And I'm not your normal citizen, uh, so I've got a lot of insight that most people don't have. Um, then, of course, the virus occurred. The uh, I would I would prefer to call it a synthetic virus occurred, and started appearing around the world, and it appeared in a very suspicious pattern of spread. And that suspicious pattern of spread, to me, looked very unusual. It didn't look like a uh, a normal virus would spread. Uh, again, it didn't seem to get on aircraft, and it didn't get on buses, trains, and and cars, and I thought, wow, this is a really similar event to 2003, 2004. And um, it seemed clear that this was a virus that wasn't spreading in a normal pattern. I could go through all of that if you, with you if you wished. I've got, I can show you the, the charts of death in Europe and show you how that all happened. It's, uh, it's very strange. Jerry, so a very strange. Sorry, go on, Nick. Sorry. You had, you had a, uh, a YouTube channel, didn't you, at one no. point? No. Man, I could have sworn I saw a video of you like walk in. Uh, we played it, I think. Oh, Wait. I did a, I did an audio of a presentation. Yeah, it was probably it was it was a, a presentation that he did at a, a conference yeah. somewhere. But um, okay, I swear yeah. to God, I've seen or yeah. heard his yeah. voice before. Because I'm like, man, I know <laughs> this. Guy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that 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 uh, audio, by the way, was put onto Rumble and got a hundred thousand views in two weeks with zero marketing. So. Yep. 
Uh, that was about 18 months ago. I did a, a community hall meeting with. Uh, yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Um, that's yep. that's where I saw you. Okay. Yeah. you probably know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it, uh, it gets more than that because you know people like us pick it up and play it on our shows, and you know we have oh, like yeah, three thousand yeah. people that are watching yeah. us right now that are right now viewing and we're you. Very that are decentralized okay. because we broadcast over 15 different platforms all at once. So, oh, um, oh good. Yeah, on right. multiple different channels, and and so there's you know people everywhere. So it's okay. uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, so we're up to the epidemiology and the bizarre spread of the virus in Europe mm -hmm. in particular. Now Europe is very interesting because we can get week by week epidemiology figures for death death numbers week by week. So I could watch this so-called horrible disastrous killer virus, and it was all over by nine weeks in Europe, and it didn't. Uh, it didn't kill many people. In fact, it killed about the normal people who would die in an, an influenza epidemic in Europe. Mm -hmm. It was it was typical death rate of a of, an ep, of a just a typical influenza epidemic. In fact, um, the numbers for early 2020, the excess death numbers, were were virtually the same as the excess death numbers that occurred two years previously in an, in uh, an outbreak of influenza. So there yeah, was no there was no pen, was a, a bad was no here. Yeah. Yeah, so there was no pandemic of death that I was seeing in the uh, week by week data that was coming in um, that anyone get on the television. There's absolute pandemonium and panic, and they're scaring the pants off the viewers and saying they're all going to die. And you know, there's uh, the getting ready. You've got to go and have your PCR test, which is inappropriate. And then it was badly done with a amplification cycle number of 45 in our city. 45 amplification cycles. It should never go above 26, 28. Um, and then, uh, then uh, they they banned in Australia. They banned hydroxychloroquine, which is a drug I've written prescriptions for all my life. It's not. I wouldn't even give a second thought to writing a prescription for it. It's uh, such a safe and well used drug. And they banned it in our state. And they said that if a doctor wrote a prescription for hydroxychloroquine, they would be jailed for six months, and they would be fined ten thousand dollars. Now this is for a very safe drug. And I thought this is bizarre. What's going on? This is clearly orders from above being handed down to our governments in Australia. And then they banned ivermectin with similar circumstance, you know, uh, mm -hmm. heavy fines and months of jail if you prescribed ivermectin. Of course, I wasn't a doctor. I'm not a doctor anymore, so all of this didn't affect me. But I knew it was all very, 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 very suspicious. So um, that was the next part in the timeline. And then, of course, they drove the one single solution, you know, problem, reaction, solution. The one single solution is, of course, are the vaccines, the vaccines. I call them vaccines, not vaccines, they're vaccines. So I like that term. Um, and this was ridiculous, you know. Um, there was no discussion of any other treatment. Um, and uh, there was no epidemic of death. So what was it all about? And on our television screens every night, there was the endless, endless uh, bombarding of fear, absolute fear by the mainstream media, counting yep. cases with big graphs on the wall and you know we've got another two cases in uh, this little town over here so you've got to panic you know this sort of, i mean it's just ridiculous um and i saw all this happening in real time and i knew this is this is going to get bad so then i started doing community presentations in town halls in in country towns and one of those things was what you saw which uh, which was recorded Mm -hmm. um, and then eventually I found a doctor's group who did actually seem to know that there was something bad going on. And I helped, I helped them quite a bit um, in understanding what was going on because doctors really don't know much at all about vaccines. It's very peripheral to medical practice. Yep. And people don't realise this. Medical practice is all about the, the discovery of, of disease processes and the management and treatment of them. 
it's got almost nothing to do with vaccination. So the vast majority of doctors know nothing about vaccines. Well, like you say, here, in, here, in the, here in the U.S., we like to say that um, our, our U.S. doctors are excellent at trauma, physical trauma, surgery. You know, you, you break a bone. You, it, he had brain surgery, and he's, yeah. he's still kicking, yeah. you know. Um, I still kick him every day. But, uh, you know, they're, they're excellent at trauma. But disease, they know nothing about disease. Actual well, we don't. We're, so little—it's sick yeah. care. It's not health care. It, well, and it, that's right because they're dealing. They're basically at a war zone, and there's—if you—you probably not had the so-called privilege of practicing medicine, but but Ooh. basically there's an there's a great treadmill of disease coming your way. You've got to deal with it. You've got to do something. You've got to move on to the next one. It's like a it's, you're in a war zone, and you just have to keep pouring through the people and trying to manage all the pathology. There's massive pathology in the human race it's most of it is genetic or microorganism related and um yeah you just got to deal with all of that medicine's very young it's a super boy it's a very impressive super boy and it's really good at incredible things you know i mean man oh man is this a great super boy but it doesn't know all the answers it's it's little boy running around it's four years of age and it, everyone's impressed but its knowledge and wisdom is um is lacking yeah um and it does a pretty good job, by the way, of dealing with pathology in the community. It does a pretty good job. It's not perfect, but it does a pretty good job. Yeah, they don't no, know. They, I, most I, doctors I, know nothing about vaccines. Yeah, I, I don't Sorry. think you would argue with me if I said that they are hugely reactive yes. instead of they being have, proactive. And they're they, all, no, they, they push yeah. meds, meds, meds. I have a pill for that. Yeah. I have another pill for yeah. that. You need to take these yeah. three pills because of this pill. Yeah, well, they're on the battleground. You know, the battleground is is littered with bodies and people dying and mm -hmm. people getting sick. You don't have time to really try and stop the war. You just got to deal, react to all the illness that's pouring through your door. And it's, and it's big, only gotten you know, worse with the jabs now because now everybody's sick. Yeah. Everybody's it's getting sick. worse. In, in, ca in case, in fact, Lynn, last week there was an article in the mainstream media here, which was amazing. In the mainstream media in my state, the major newspaper published an article that said that there is a tsunami of sickness in our state. They said that the serious illnesses are up by 800%, right? And the article did not blame COVID or long COVID. It was all about specific diagnoses of what people are getting. Uh, this was the first admission by the mainstream media that I have seen that there is a tsunami of illness occurring in our society. Um, so that happened last week. I can send you the article if you're interested. I've yeah, got that's the article great. In it, published in a News Corp newspaper. Okay, bit of a surprise. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, it's published in the news in the paper that was the actual paper that is the a springboard for the entire News Corp um, success, over global success. That newspaper was the critical link in the chain because it was. It's always been a massive money flow thing. Um, for News Corp. But, but that article came out last week, 800% increase in multiple serious diseases in a, in a state. Mm -hmm. No comment from the, from the, from the state government from, in relation to the article, nothing. And it was only on the online version of the paper. It wasn't in the printed version. So it, a lot of people missed it. But that happened that the tsunami of serious disease was the headline. And that's happening in our state, admitted by the mainstream media. And this is what we've been worried about. We've been worried that this is coming and uh, it looks like it's definitely here. The ambulances wail all day long in our city. 
And I was even in a country town last week and the ambulances, were, sirens were wailing in a country town. It, it's just crazy. I've lived in my city all my life. I could drive around. There's a city of 2 million people. I could drive around the city for 10 years and not see an ambulance in the past. Mm-hmm. Now, I dr- if I go anywhere, I'm going to see three, four ambulances on any, any trip in the city. It's ridiculous. Gary, Gary, I used to be a firefighter and EMT. All right. Uh, I have a good friend of mine. She opened her, she's a paramedic. She opened her own business, private medical business, transporting people to hospital, you know, that stuff back and forth from hospital, back to hospice care, that, that type of thing. Um, she reached out to me last night, begging me to come work for her just for a couple of days, just because she doesn't have enough drivers to drive ambulances back and forth because that's how much of an increase in her business she's seen. Right. Yeah, I've, I've heard similar stories. Uh, uh, a uh, ambulance man in Atlanta, I think, told us very similar events. And he told me that um, uh, it was now common for them to get a call. The first call every morning was to go to a young man dead in his bed yep. who never woke up. This is yep. just a common. He said, we just see this all the time now. Young adults dead on awake uh, when they should be awake. That was call- uh- that was happening a year ago when I re- when I okay. quit yep. the fire department. We were yep. going almost every shift, and I worked a twenty four on, forty eight off. Right. Yep. So I was on for twenty four hours. The first call I got every morning at seven o'clock in the morning after shift change, I was going to a dead young person in their bed who was not alive anymore that should be alive. Wow! And well, had, you got it. Yeah. had been dead for a number of hours too. Not always. You know, I, to the touch. Sometimes they die right as they're waking up. The that surge of um, endorphins. That yeah, the endorphins right as they're waking up. That or at yeah. least that's Dr. McCullough's theory. Um, that that yeah. causes their their heart to stop essentially. So, um, well, I, yeah, getting onto excess deaths. So I can give you the exact numbers for Australia for last year because we have them now from the Australian Bureau of Statistics. And last year we had ex- excess deaths as deaths above the normal expectation. In Australia, there's about 150,000 deaths every year. You know, that's the average. You know, it, it's seasonal, of course. In winter it tends to go up and go down. Um, but last year we had 25,000. I think it was 25,253 more deaths than we would have normally expected. Now that's in a, that's in a nation of 25 million. It doesn't sound like much, but it's one in a thousand. Now, interestingly, United Kingdom had about 60,000 excess deaths in 2022 last year, and that's, again, one in 1,000. And if you look at the excess deaths in Europe, and the exit, it's about 400,000 in Europe, again, it's one in 1,000. And if you look in America, it's the same, 300,000 excess deaths. So the excess deaths are there, there's no doubt, but the problem is nobody knows what's causing it. We have not done any sufficient autopsy studies to see what people are dying from. And the politicians are completely uninterested in discussing the subject. Uh, they, you know, a, a year or two ago, they were prancing around the, the stage on the television telling us they were keeping us safe and the, how wonderful they were. Now, we've now got 25,000 dead in one year and they don't care and they don't want to even discuss it. So where is all this caring gone? It's gone out the window. Um, you know, and in the United States, you've probably got over 300,000 excess deaths. In Europe, there's 400,000. Easily. more. I think more yeah. than that. I mean, that's just admitted. Go for it, Glenn. Yeah. And James, uh, yeah, go for please, it. Go please, for it. Doc, please, Dr. just Dr. chime Thorpe, in. Jay, please. Dr. Thorpe, please. I know you've been waiting so patiently there because you had some some issues there. I think you're both muted, though. Can you unmute them? Yeah, I'll, I'll unmute everybody. I'm, yeah, please. I, Please talk. Oh, yeah, there you go. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I was trying to point out we, uh, we need to have Dr. Thorpe. He'll yes. be the first one needing to leave. 
Yes, please. Dr. Thorpe, um, I've been following your work so closely for so long as a mother, um, having two very difficult pregnancies. I was especially interested in your work. Um, my babies are both over nine pounds. My second one was Frank breach and I'm malignant, hypothermic and, um, allergic to all opiates. So I, I, I was not an easy patient. Um, needless to say, I've never had any vaccines in my entire life cause I'm allergic to everything. Um, but I, I, um, the maternal mortality rates that just were released really, really, really disturbed me. And I, I know you've been following this so closely, please take the floor and light. Dr. Thorpe, can you hear us? I don't think he can hear us. I don't think he can hear us. Mm -mm. Okay. Um, Dr. Thorpe. All right. I've been texting with him. I will call him directly. Yeah, he can't hear us. Yeah, I don't think he can hear us. You can can continue with that. Okay. All right, Jerry, you're back up. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, pal. Hold on. Let me... uh, Unmute you. There you go. There you go. I unmuted you on my end. I don't know. There you go. I'm on the backup act here. Yeah. Um, James is the star. Um, okay. So what are we talking about? So we've got all these deaths, excess deaths, probably 5 million, I would say, if you could extrapolate the numbers that's occurring in Europe, Australia, uh, UK and America, we've probably got 5 million excess deaths. We don't know the cause because we're not doing sufficient autopsy studies. Okay. So we don't know what they're dying from. Um, let me know when James can come online. Um, so uh, we simply don't know. This is this outbreak of death. And, and by the way, it, those numbers are just deaths. It, we would have a lot of excess illness. And as I said, 800% increase in serious illness. But we're seeing huge increase in, in illness and huge increase in, in unexpected deaths. And nobody seems to care. I mean, we're hearing about it a little bit in the mainstream media, but it's, uh, it's not getting through to the people. Um, so, um, okay. So let's, let's, uh, what could we go on to next? Um, that's James now, I think. No, no. Um, sorry. Can you hear me, Lynn? Yeah, we can hear you. I oh, think he's trying okay. to work out his audio yeah, issues. Lynn's walking him yeah. through how to, how to work out his audio issues there. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He can't hear us. So. I've been in twice. There you are. There he is. We can hear him, but he can't hear us. Uh, uh, we can hear you, Dr. Thorpe. Uh, I can't unmute the guest. He chose to mute himself. Yeah. Okay. He muted himself. So, anyway. so. okay. Um, now, uh, Vlad, are you still with us over here? Can you hear me? I think he stepped away for a moment. Uh, he had a, um, you bet I'm right here. I'm sorry. Yes. Excellent. No worries. You had a you had a slide you sent me. You had a slide up earlier. Um, and this was something that I've I was kind of keeping in the back pocket here that I, I didn't tell Mick about in advance, but something that you guys want to do in relation to Pfizer directly. Can you share that with us again? You bet. Give me one second. Okay. Um, this is Glenn is the best guy to explain. Uh, I'm the graphics guy in this case, but I'll mm-hmm. show you the slide. And, uh... 
And I think this will work not only with, I mean, this will work not only with Pfizer, but also with uh, Moderna and Johnson and Johnson and the CDC. You know, we were at a wedding last year and um, one of the girls there worked for the CDC. There, there it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that, you know, this is, it's written to Pfizer, but I think Janssen, I mean, Janssen, Johnson and Johnson can't even make a baby powder without giving you cancer. So, yeah. This should should definitely include them. It should include, uh, of course, Purdue that we talked about earlier, and all the other companies that made these DNA and RNA vaccines that are causing so much death. So this is a slide. Yeah. So they're looking for Pfizer employees. So if you know anyone who works for Pfizer, please tell them, be a whistleblower or quit your job make a stand because even if you're not giving the injections or even if you're not the ones that that's making the injections working for them makes you no better than them. Absolutely. At some point, you know, we have to take some personal responsibility. I think that the trials at Nuremberg actually drew very, very clear lines for who's guilty of what. And I, I think we ought to be going and looking at those trials because I think we need to have a second round and apply the exact same set of rules. You know, you can't just claim, well, I was just a camp guard or I was just, you know, uh, an assistant in a lab. You have to step forward and help now. I agree. Because otherwise we're pretty hard on no amnesty. I, I And that's my big thing. You know, one of my... Uh, one of the big things we talk about on the show, for instance, like I, I'm sorry, I, I'll vote for everybody. If you say the right things, you do the right thing. And one of my big things with Donald Trump is, is that he still supports the vaccine. I'm sorry, I can't have that. I can't have that around me at all. Nobody needs to be getting that thing. Nobody needs to be putting that in their body. We've already gone through that. We've already done that. We played that game. There's no reason for any anybody to be being forced to go get a vaccine. And I can't support somebody who started the whole program, paid for it, and put our money behind it. And it's now killing Americans. And we're screaming alarm bells and waving <laughs> and telling everybody, hey, look, this is all jacked up, but nobody's listening. Can I can I if, respond? Could, could, I, could I open could I interrupt for 30 seconds? Please. So uh, uh, Dr. Thorpe has been trying to get in and out. He's he exited and came back. Uh, yeah. he's, he's just not getting anything on his speakers. Now, okay. he's not running either a uh, an iPhone or a laptop. He's running a traditional PC, so a desktop PC. Is he so using Chrome? I, I put, yes, he yeah, is. He, he's got to so, use Chrome to use yeah, this. Yeah, no, no. I, I asked him that. So I put yeah. his phone number there. If one, okay. of, one of you can call him and, yeah. and converse on ways to get him through that, that'd be great. Yeah. Sure thing. Not a problem. We'll do that right now. You got it. You go ahead and talk. I'll give him a call. So can I respond to the Trump the, the Trump remark? Yes, please. Um, I, I, I'm not going to dis- – I don't exactly disagree, but I think that there was a slight jump there going from recommending the vaccine to forcing people to take it. I think that Trump has made it very clear he never would have mandated it and never would have put people in a position where they had to take it. That was very distinctly a Democrat move and leftist government move. While I agree – that Trump's continuous support of the vaccine shows questionable judgment at very at the very kindest. It is not the same thing as making people take it. And in a very peculiar way, the fact that those of us 
who object to the vaccines are right presents a bit of a problem in terms of moving forward because governments just need to admit we were right and move on and con us all into the next thing. The problem isn't whether or not the vaccines were good. The problem is that they forced us to take it. And even had we been wrong about the vaccines, even if they were good and safe and effective, our position that we shouldn't have been made to take them is 100% valid. And I would still be fighting to support that. What they did is use the vaccines and COVID as a way of forcing collectivism and destroying individual rights. And what concerns me is that is that they when people don't realize that and the, and governments and corporations stand back and go, you know what? Yeah, we were wrong with the vaccines. They are bad for you. This was terrible. And but now we're going to lock you down because of global warming. I, I'm concerned that our being right about the vaccines can actually work against us because that's not the issue. The issue was destroying our our individualism and our individual rights. I I agree. Um, I uh, I think Trump was conned. You know, Mick said that that uh, you know Trump what paid for it, planned it, and paid for it, and that's not exactly true because it was designed and I mean engineered well before Trump ever came into office here in the states. Um, my issue, and and I think he was duped, um, and uh, we know that they added some kind of special ingredient to it uh, February 3rd of 2021 and we don't know what that was but and that was of course post Trump but I do know um, because I've spoken with at least one of his children I do know that he is aware of the damage that the jab has caused and the dangers of the jab and yet he's still doubling and tripling down on it. That's where my issue comes in. Totally, totally fair. But he made it also very clear that he never would have forced it, mandated it, or otherwise put people in a position where they had to take it. And I think for me, that's the bigger issue. Yeah. No, I also he did. He was also encouraging the use of effective treatments like hydroxychloroquine, and I actually have a fascinating video by one of the, the top civil servants who was explaining how Trump had said that hydroxychloroquine had to be made available across the United States everywhere. And he said, well, we didn't want that to happen. So I can send you a link to that video, too. So what we did is we said this and this and we found a way to make it so that, yeah, it was technically we would make it available, but you wouldn't really be able to get it under these conditions. And so it wasn't available. So the, the entire bureaucracy was doing an end run around him. Yeah, I, I, I saw that uh, that I'm, video. I'm going to break in. We have a lot of things to cover, and this is not. I, I one thing everybody's going to hear about me is I only like to talk about the. Uh, I don't like gray. I really like truth, and I know the lies, and that it's easy to distinguish. And I, that's the audience I want to talk to is let's get them as simple the truth as we can, so so they don't have to be making decisions, and and we can make some of those intelligent decisions on their behalf and and get them rolling forward. Yes, we, I, I again the uh, the jab is the ultimate apolitical leveler, right? It levels the playing field for everyone, um, and it it really shouldn't matter the politics here. This is, um, well, you know, it's kind of a for or against it kind of a thing. So um, honestly, at this point, I'm I'm RFK Junior's uh, killing it right now, as far as I'm concerned. So.
I see. Then, I, see. Uh, then I might, I might, I might just say something about hydroxychloroquine because um, Vlad brought it up. I have a good, I have a good friend who's a. I can hear uh, you now. Yay! Oh, there he is. Hey, oh, okay. okay. Let's let's go ahead and switch over to Dr. Thorpe. Fantastic. Excellent. Thank you, Mick. All right. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> All right, and he'll come back here in, in just a moment, I'm sure. So, um, Dr. Thorpe, I was saying before, and I don't, I don't think you heard me, but I've been following your work very closely as as a mother, and um, yeah, he's in, he's in, and he can hear us. We're good. Um, and uh, and I was absolutely aghast to hear that the maternal mortality rate in the U.S. has gone up by 40 percent, making us the worst civilized country to give birth in since the jabs rolled out. Um, we weren't that great before, honestly. They tried to kill me in the hospital the last time I gave birth. So, um, please tell you, us you and the rest of my patients. Yeah. Well, I, the last time I gave birth was 11 years ago, but um, they they tried to kill me then. But I, you know, I was there. So yeah. So anyway, I, I'm allergic to everything, and they they put me out. Anyway, it was a it was a bad scene, but I survived, and so did my son. So oh, good. I'm happy to hear that. Mm -hmm. so. I'm, I'm uh, thank you. I'm very honored to be on the um, the P cubed crew. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so, uh, Dr. Thorpe, I know a lot of people around here have, uh, in our audience has been following your work, but I'd say you're probably the the top OB in the country right now. Well, that's all a matter of perspective. Um, young lady, I'm, I'm the most hated OB in the country. <laughs> and yet you're the one that every mother wants to go see. Uh, well, no, there's a lot of mothers that are, um, that just believe they're doctors and they believe they're nurses. And when the doctor or nurse says something, that's hearing it from God and they don't pay attention to anybody else when they're, you know, they have a dead baby or they have a miscarriage and patient says, you know, doctors, did, what caused it? Could it be the vaccine? No, no, it can't be the vaccine. No, absolutely not. So that's the way they receive it. And so it's out of their, I'll use this term, if you've all heard it before, Overton's window, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Got some nods, everybody. So Overton's window is basically the characterization of what you are willing to look for as an etiology. So in their Overton window, they will always, always, always exclude the vaccine. You know, it's fentanyl or it's something in the water or it's you know suicide or always something else than the obvious cause. They don't even entertain the obvious cause. So you mean to tell me that some of the most brightest people in the world today, they, I mean, they're, they're geniuses in most aspects. I mean, they go to school for, I mean, my brother went to school and he's a doctor. He went to school for like 18 years. He's going to be paying for college for the rest of his life. It makes me laugh. He's got like 12 degrees. His children are going to be paying for his college. But he, he literally, uh, without choosing what he wanted to do until much later in his life, when he finally got his doctorate, um, I mean, technically, he's pretty much a genius. He's like the smartest guy I know. Yet at the same time, he's the smartest guy I know. You mean to tell me that he's the smartest guy in the world, but yet nobody's willing to even look at the most obvious thing that we changed in the last two years? Yeah, that's correct. That's absolutely right. 
I mean, we can, that's absolutely correct. And, you know, there's many, many factors going on here, but we need to give these people, I, I know this is hard, but um, we need to give them some grace and love. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds stupid, but when I nicely, in a collegial, respectful way, show them the data, it's too painful for them. They can't assimilate it. It's not in their constitution to assimilate. Um, It causes guilt and shame and anger, and they just lash out at me. Um, It's not constructive. You know, I, I you're violating their first oath that they took as being a doctor. Do no harm. Well, patients too. By by doing that as a doctor to another doctor, you're telling another doctor that you've done harm. So yeah, I would expect a little bit of backlash from that. That, but I would also expect that they would eventually listen. Maybe like, oh shit, maybe I should pay attention to what this guy's saying. Like. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe what I'm doing is worse for my patients. So uh, we we went hard in the paint on on the jab and how bad it was for years. And actually, last summer, Mick put me on what he called a COVID hiatus for a while because I'd gotten so blackpilled. I had so much information. I have so much information in my head about how bad it is. And it got to the point where I basically was just telling everybody they were going to die, right? And when they woke up without giving them a solution because they're not critical thinkers or they would not be in that situation in the first place. If you don't give them a a nice pretty package with a bow on it and say, this is what you have to do to heal. When they come to realize the fact that they've been jab injured, that they have hurt themselves and potentially their children and their friends and their family and their loved ones, they're just going to die from despair. We have to give them that that healing, that grace, and some kind of path of hope so that they don't just give up right? because they don't all have to die. Right. And, and we have hope. Um, we have protocols. Um, mm-hmm. we, we are aggressively and actively researching it. I am with several teams around the world. And um, it's hard to do. It's very hard to do because remember we have zero funding. Not only are we not funded, we're shut off of all the usual funding grants because it's we're going against their false narrative. Also remember about these people that were hoodwinked. Um, the way that I'm trying to rationalize it with them is something like this message, changing my message. I, you know, I I realize that. You've been fooled, but you shouldn't be ashamed of that. You know, I've made mistakes in the past. I've made bad, bad mistakes in the past. I used to push vaccines. I was in mainstream medicine as a mainstream allopath, extensively published. And up until about 15, 10 years ago, I pushed the vaccines in pregnancy. I was part of the problem then. But when I came to the realization of the data, and I actually sat down, made it a point to sit down with my patients who claim to have had vaccine injured children right in front of them, immediately symptomatic after a vaccine, I started listening. And I started listening hard. And I started repenting. 
and I studied everything. I studied the abominations over in Africa and third world countries uh, that have been exposed by uh, RFK Jr. and mm -hmm. Children's Health Defense and by other, uh, you know, really, really uh, very, very important doctors. I, I watched the CHD uh, video on the travesties of the abomination in Africa, what they did to sterilize all these children, all these young, beautiful um, African women. And it's just an abomination. And it's, it's not a theory. They proved it. And I did my due diligence. So I've done a, um, you know, publicly, I've made a mistake. I've announced that I've made a mistake. I announced my apologies and I've repented. Um, and, and that's what I hope the rest of my colleagues will do. But, you know, I've talked to a lot of psychiatrists, a lot of experts on, on this messaging around the world. And, you know, what I've been told is, well, well Dr. Thorpe, you know, you're a unicorn. Um, only 1% of the population has the ability to assimilate new data, to publicly apologize, repent, and do an academic metanoia. Only 1% of the population, which I was shocked to hear because when I do that, and I tried to make a point of always teaching my medical students, my residents, my fellows, and my younger doctors, using myself as an example, and say, oh, you know, I really apologize. You were right and I was wrong. You know, that's an extremely liberating spiritual mm -hmm. repentance. It's very liberating because, listen, I'm a human being. I'm a sinner. Yes, I'm made righteous by my faith in Jesus Christ, but um, but I continue to sin and make mistakes, and I deserve to be forgiven if I recognize my error and I repent and apologize, and any other human being should be too. So, um, you know, uh, the problem with this, it's not just spiritual or academic metanoia, but we have to understand and be sensitive to the fact that this is fifth generation warfare. And if you don't believe it, let's just go through a timeline here. Very, very important. You know, we'll, we'll just start out at, uh, in, the, in the year uh, 20, 2019. Let's talk about 2019. And, you know, you see the lead up to all of this, the aggressive public forums that literally months before it was broken, they projected and voiced everything around a mock table telling us exactly what was coming at us and what was going to happen. And so, you know, I, I had focused on hydroxychloroquine, you know, I've used it for 44 years. Hydroxychloroquine is used in pregnancy Mm -hmm. in the first trimester, second trimester, third trimester in breastfeeding moms. And it's one of the safest, uh, most safe drugs available. It's much safer than aspirin or Tylenol or Benadryl or anything else you can get over the counter. And it was even bragged upon by the uh, CDC and the FDA on their website bragging about just uh, eight years ago. And I have a, I have a time machine uh, uh, shot of that. Use hydroxychloroquine. It's extremely safe. It's extremely effective. It's safe in pregnancy. It's safe in breastfeeding moms. It's safe in babies and children and bragging about it. You know, use it, use it, use it. Well, all of a sudden that's deleted. And then it's actually taken off the over-the-counter in, in at least one country in 2019 that I'm aware of. 
And then when I start prescribing it, because I was very familiar with it, I've used it for 40 years, 44 years. So as many other doctors for pregnant women with autoimmune disease, standard mm-hmm. therapy. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I was also aware of uh, Dr. Fauci's uh, 2004 study that was funded by the NIAID showing how incredibly uh, efficacious and safe it was for treating SARS-CoV-2. So that's what I started doing in, in 29, uh, 2020. And I was immediately reprimanded, uh, mocked, ridiculed, threatened, and censored, as were all the other doctors. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, comes 2020, uh, summer of 2020, I, I performed, uh, I didn't perform. I, I'm a, a statistician, a clinical researcher, and I've uh, designed many prospective trials and I've carried them out. Um, never received a dime of funding. I have well over 200 uh, major peer-reviewed publications um, in excess of that, just 20 or 25, just in the last three years on COVID. So um, I didn't just fall off the turnip truck. I I know statistics. I know how to design clinical trials. And I designed one in the summer of 2020 because I was deathly afraid of them rolling this out in the general population. So I designed a randomized double-blinded placebo-controlled trial that would not be unblinded for 10 years. It required about uh, 35,000 patients in the uh, placebo group, about 35,000 in the uh, in the control in the experimental group using the real vaccines and i plan an interim analysis you know every every year by a third party well had we done that that would have proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was a deadly drug but they didn't want that done Mm-mm. so then we go to december 15 2020 that's when the first uh, vaccines they were shipped out on the first of December, but they weren't really um, used um, until about mid-December. So from you know December 2020, January and February, the first 90 days of rollout, actually you know not 12 weeks of rollout, but really 10 weeks of rollout, um, we had the post-marketing Pfizer 5.3.6 internal documents. That was February 28th, 2021. Your government, the CDC, the FDA, the Department of Health and Human Services, the American Board of Obstetrics and Gynecology, the American College of OBGYN, the Society for International Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine, all the organizations that pushed it in pregnancy, they have this data. They knew that that data showed by Pfizer's own internal document that it was the deadliest drug slash vaccine slash medicine ever rolled out. There were 1,223 people that died after the vaccine. Mm -hmm. Think about that. That's just in 90 days. And that's just with Pfizer. That's not the other ones. That's just what Pfizer reported. And they tried to hide that for 75 years. And the federal judge made them force them and where and and so that was over two years ago. I've been sitting on that information for two years ago. I've sent it to all these agencies. You think I ever heard a word back? No. Have you heard anything on the mainstream media? No. It's it's just it's the most deadly drug ever. Um, it's ever. more effective than the morning after pill in causing an abortion in a pregnant woman. Well, according to the Shimabakuro study, mm-hmm. and according to the Pfizer internal documents, you would be correct. It deserves a category X. It's contraindicated in pregnancy. But yet going down that timeline, you know, now what what was happening also 
February 2021, guess what they did? The federal government took $13 billion of our tax money, yours and mine, Americans' tax money. Not only did they take all our money and steal all our money to produce the drugs, but they used the money, $13 billion, through the Department of Health and Human Services, through a newly formed governmental entity called what I call the CCC, the COVID-19 Coalition Corps. And the CCC distributed over $13 billion to 274 sectors of our society, including every medical board, every organization, including actors, macro influencers, micro influencers, businesses, hospitals, um, athletes, uh, actors, um, all the media, all the mainstream media, all the social medias, $13 billion to push their false narrative so, you know, it's no wonder why so many people were hoodwinked. Not only that, do you know what else happened that month? Are you also aware what Fauci released or, well, actually when the FOIA, his emails, you do also realize what, because when I went through all of his emails and I laid it out in the timeline as to who knew what and when they knew it, it was really funny in the same month, Fauci ordered the, uh, not the FDA, but Pfizer to change the formulation. the formulation of the COVID vaccine. And that's in his emails. And there's added sh all sorts of added things. This is after, obviously, Biden Their is trade secret into what was that? Was that in February of mm -hmm. 20? Yes, sir. February yes, sir. 3rd of well, 2021. Please send me some of those emails. I, I have, have all the emails and I can tell you right yeah, now well, when I was reading them, I was like, wait a minute. What are you now? Because if, if, if there's proof of that. If there's proof of that, that that is, um, if there's absolute proof of that, um, that's highly illegal. He added something else after it was it was February third that he made he sent the email, and all the people responded in unison, you know, basically Roger, gotcha, understand, and they carried forth whatever that was. I have no idea what that was, but on February third, the formulation of the COVID vaccine changed. The other, when you dig into those emails, you dig into the chains, the email chains, the people that respond or that are copied on there, whatever. You dig down deep enough and you find 23 and me, 23 and me. And the Human Genome Project. The Human Genome Project, Ancestry.com. Um, they, they were all involved in that too. Which is weird. Mm -hmm. very well, it's very weird. weird. It's very strange. And I've, always been, um, you know, when they started collecting cord blood specimens for um, saving uh, babies' uh, um, stem yes. cells for genetics, that, that's been almost, they've been doing that for almost 25 years now, I yeah. think. Yeah. And, you know, in the very first time that they rolled out, it's like, you got to be kidding me. You think I'm going to give my baby's genome to the state or to a company? Because I saw the writing on the wall back then. You know, what I was worried about is um, organ harvesting. Because, you know, if you're, if you're, if you've got your entire human genome up by, you know, one of these companies, all they need is an extra $50,000 $50, or $100,000 to say, hey, you know, go knock this person off and steal their organs. It's my perfect match. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what's going on. Well, that's you know, exactly you, know who owns, you know who owns 23andMe? I don't know. If you didn't know before, that would be Equal Health Alliance. 
Peter Daszak owns a 40% share in 23andMe. I did not know that. Isn't that Yeah, funny? isn't that weird? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It kind of brings up, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you all have seen the movie Utopia. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. My, my wife's making me watch that now. I, I saw <laughs> that middle clip probably two years ago, and it just fried my mind with uh, James Cusick sitting in that room telling him what happened. You know, the other, and, and I'm not a, I, I don't really spend much time, you know, on this. I, I really only focus on stuff that I'm 100% for certain is true, that I know to be true, like the adverse outcomes in pregnancy. I yeah. kind of stay away from all this other stuff because. That's uh, our job. It's all okay. it does, that's right. All it does <laughs> is dilute my message and I'm willing to die. I'm willing to bet my life on the fact that I know I'm right. I am a hundred percent certain God struck me dead. I'm willing I'm to bet. I'm willing to bet my life that you're right. Mm -hmm. And I'm willing to bet that everybody else in here would agree with you because there's not a whole lot of people that don't see the, in this space at least. And I'm not talking about the liberal spaces. I'm talking uh, most of mainstream America and most of Canada and Scotland, because we've got people listening from all over the world and they all tell us the same thing that, Hey, no, what you're saying is right. So far, I haven't heard a lot of people say, no, what you're saying is way wrong. And I, I got to say that your, your message is out there. What well, do we I, do? I appreciate I that. I, uh, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people that are just, there's a lot of people on, on um, Twitter. That's my most active platform. Mm -hmm. just go in and read it it's horrible the, the, the abuse I, I, that i take um on there and you know it, most of them are just bots and, and but some of them are real people and um they're really offended by by what i state on there and um i have a lot of haters i've had a lot of threats i'm being attacked my wife my beautiful bride and i are being attacked voraciously from every which angle i'm not allowed to talk about it according to my attorney but it's it's really ugly I, I'll tell you. I, I've been. Can I can I tell you the truth? All right. Ninety percent of real Americans, ninety percent of us, have been kicked off of Twitter. I was kicked off on January seventh because I was at January sixth. That was the only reason I was removed. I was removed from every social media platform there was in one fell swoop. In one night, I was gone. I no longer existed in the social media sphere because I opened my phone on January sixth in and around the, the Capitol. Mm -hmm. And because I was there, I was immediately destroyed. Not so, in the Capitol. Not in we the were Capitol. not in the Capitol. Wasn't a part of that. We were just there to witness what happened. And we were there as a podcast to witness what happened. And it was crazy when I talk about what happened on January 6th as compared to what the liberals talk about. However, with that, that being said, even in the social media sphere, 90% of our listeners, 33,000 of them, have been kicked off of all of those platforms. What you're talking about now, what you're talking about that exists on Twitter are literally some people who are trying to come back, but 90% of what exists on Twitter, I'm pretty sure is bought. I don't believe that any real people are on Twitter. I mean, so there's a few. But not. You get a couple uh, out I'm, there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt. Thoughts. Again, I, I have to keep it simple. My yes, goal here is, is to train hundreds of thousands of people to go out and create their own little pods. And what they need is as, as simple a set of rule sets as they can of, oh, I heard that from Dr. Thorpe. And, and one, two, three, four, five things, think, uh, something that you can describe that will stick in their head. Often it works best if it's a, with a story. But we, we want as many people as possible to come away from this uh, from this broadcast and say, you know what, they're right. 
and 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 I know I know they're right, and I can repeat that to other people. I I believe that I I came to this this uh, humanity coalition. All they talk about is truth. That's simple and direct. And if we all start to do this, we we have to become the cavalry. You 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 heard that description of how many billions of dollars have been paid to all every structure around us to to say that uh, don't allow any hesitancy, don't allow any truth to come through. So it's just us, and and we got to keep it simple so everybody can learn it and everybody can find somebody in their neighborhood to share it with and and get to to join in in taking action. Absolutely. So I guess the question is then, what do you want us to do? What is your idea? What is the plan of this group? Because you all have an idea of what you want to do and what you want Americans to do, what you want people all over the world to do, not just Americans. This isn't just about America. This is about everybody. What do you want well, us to do? A simple, I'll, I'll give two examples. A simple example is that uh, we've been encouraging a common place that people frequent and that everyone has one near them is a pharmacy. And pharmacy, most of the pharmacies also have parking lots. So it's easy to be there and to, to gather together and to uh, make connections and, and exchange numbers and then decide what are we going to do as a community? What are we going to do in our town? What are we going to do as our group? I, I, I specifically said for the moment, why don't we pick CVSs? There's uh, something like 9,500 CVSs in, in the USA. Uh, let's just say that becomes a meet and greet location. Uh, we'll we'll have some follow-ups, uh, both in press releases we're doing, as well as as our coming back and talking with you. Uh, we'll pick some time to say let's have that be an average time to to get together. Uh, the the connection for Canada group is specifically going out. They have they have 92 chapters across Canada. They've de decided they're going to integrate with their with their churches. And that as a group, they are going to gather up their churches as prayer groups and that they will then uh, take them as a group and try to train and, and gather others to join them uh, to become active in the space. Uh, so, again, from, from my perspective, we, we have each of these areas that we, we need to train people on what the real truth is and and ways that they can act that can bring us forward. And, and this is basically... Uh, Everyone joining together in Washington, D.C. would be a complete and total failure because it would just collect a lot of people in a single place where they can be attacked. We instead, we want to go into the attack and, and re remove things and start to get hills. But we have to organize first. We have to then win, a, 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 you know, define a hill and win that hill. And then then we'll be together and organized and give us the next harder chore and we can go step by step. So. Uh, that, that's why for, for Dr. Thorpe, again, uh, if you could go through a few things that, that you think people can rapidly sort of get in their head, well, this is what happened to the unborn. Our, our, our primary goal here is to save the children and to save the unborn from, from all of the enormous amount of death because the vaccines never made any possible sense with either of those. And it's so obvious, you know, uh, you, you just can't believe it, uh, that, uh, that let's, let's go win the hill of obvious. Roger that. Um, and I got a hard stop here coming up. So I, I do want to um, just make that clear. I think that the best way to do that is um, from the slide deck that I have. And I would focus only on pregnancy. That's just my opinion. Um, because they're, that's the most egregious violation. It's the most vulnerable group. So here's what I, I'll give your 
your your audience here um, is uh, trying to get that up there. For anybody in your audience, okay, just go to a search engine, DuckDuckGo, or but don't don't use Google, and just use those three words: Pfizer, five dot three dot six phmpt. That'll pull up the thirty-page Pfizer document, their first ninety days. Go to page seven. You'll see one thousand two hundred twenty-three dead people. Not, not even manage, not even mentioning the injured, and then go to page twelve and look at the horrible obstetrical outcome. As best I can discern, on page twelve, only one of two hundred seventy-four fetuses was born alive. Okay, and nobody can argue with that because they tried to suppress that for seventy-five years, and nobody can take this data down. And they published a lot of fraudulent articles in there. A lot of fraudulent articles have been published in the mainstream medical journals that are all captured. Probably a dozen articles after they committed this faux pas, after they committed the mortal, deadly, unforgivable sin of pushing a massively experimental, dangerous drug to the most vulnerable population in the world. Hey, and Doc, it was a beta you can, complete. Doc, you can take that down. I, I've got it listed as a banner now. There you go. I, I wrote it down in the banner. This is what you need to do to everybody because everybody has access to this. And, you know, the, yes, I published a lot of stuff. But the only thing they do is they trash me and they trash our work, even though it's all governmental data. They can't trash this. <laughs> Excuse me. They can't trash that because it's from Pfizer's own documents. So, but the other stuff is irrefutable. And I, I also, there's a slide in there with 34 other completely independent sources other than the study that we just published two weeks ago in the Journal of the American Physician and Surgeons uh, featured article two, two years ago, uh, two months, uh, two weeks ago. Um, it's been in preprint for six months, but that's using governmental data. And I sent you a copy of that. And there's in, in that slide deck, there's a slide. And I know it's a, a busy slide, but many of those 34 items are hyperlinked. <laughs> but there's 34, 34 completely independent sources that corroborate this, what we found in our study. What we found in our study was absolutely devastating. And I, I don't really have time to go through that at this sitting, but you have a copy of it. But it's irrefutable. It's undeniable. It's governmental data. It's not Dr. So, McCullough's data. So, so Dr. Thorpe, this, this fits into another sort of technique that we're looking to utilize here. And, and that's that if you've been able to pull that kind of data that was, was organized and, and made available by Pfizer, clearly there are an enormous number of Pfizer employees that know that something's gone wrong within their company. And they are now violating the, the ninth uh, commandment of thou shalt not bear false witness. They are contributing to the murder of both children and the unborn. Mm -hmm. And, and our, what of our, one of our comments is if you're outraged by this, then you need to make those comments. You need to gather those thoughts record them in some kind of media, pass it on to your family to say, we think the Pfizer employees are terrible 
And if they're going to have any chance of redemption, they have to get out and they have to make a decision. What am I going to do to turn this around? Am I going to become a whistleblower and, and help, help the real facts come forward? Let the light come on? Or if I can't do that, then maybe I better just resign and move on to a company that I can do a trusted, a trusted job and, a, and one that has some, some hope of helping humanity. Because what you're doing now as an employee inside of, of Pfizer is just destroying humanity. So the more people we can get, even tonight, I mean, people could go out, record your own, your own recording, put it in whatever you do it. Put it in Facebook. Put it in Instagram. You don't have to give it to us. You don't have to ask us what to, what to put. Just gather your, your opinions and share them with your friends. If you feel strongly enough about it and would like us to take a look at it, to, to put into some of our libraries of, the, of, the, of, of them to express to the world, by all means, get those videos to us. Or just give us a pointer of where you put it, and we'll, we'll try to capture well, it right I, there. You don't have to transfer I, it yourself. Yeah, I've, I've done hundreds and hundreds of videos over the last couple of years. Uh, unfortunately, I... I'm seeing, you know, 150 to 200 patients a week, and I don't really have time to keep track of those. No, 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 no. I'm, what I'm saying, I'm sorry if, if you misunderstood that. This is our, our, our approach to the public. Uh, you know, there's, there's 330 million people in, in right. the USA. If, right. if they got into the game here and said, we're, we're done, there's no more of this, uh, we, we have to take action, then I'm saying, go ahead and make your opinion. It's, this is one of the things we still have. We still have the avoid, uh, our ability to voice our, our own opinion to, to our friends, our neighbors. And go ahead and, and do that in whatever, whatever media you use. And if, and if you want to keep it private among yourselves, fine. But let's, let's, let's let Pfizer know. Let's let it become widely recognized. Everyone's chatting about Pfizer employees should either be whistleblowers or quit. Let's let's cripple that company by getting right. all of their employees. I, out. I think it's not just Pfizer. Um, it's not just Pfizer at all, Glenn. You know. Um, well, you know, Pfizer the, is where we have the data. Well, I, we, I know, know the, the but, but if you look at of, if, if if you look at internal documents, um, there's a lot of uh, politicians, Congress people, senators, that did not take the vaccine and got out of the vaccine mandates. There's a lot of high-ranking Pfizer. And corporate uh, and FDA and CDC, a huge proportion of the CDC and FDA have gotten out secretly, gotten out of the uh, f the mandates. So <clears throat> the whole system is corrupt. The whole system. Um, but I'm totally I, on I, board I know, with you. We, we I, no, I do we have, have no, to do a hard public, um, stop the, right here. The, the public has no ability to affect the governor, the the congressman, other than to vote them out. No, they need to. In, in this case, in this case, they are consumers, and and. I mean, let's face it. There's an old-fashioned mechanism of just plain boycott. Vote Don't buy those products. Don't buy any of their products. Well, Tell well, everyone remember, you know we, that is a that is an evil and Satan company. We the people, we the people, run the government, not the government, and and that's where we need to be empowered. Yes, the government works for us. It's not vice versa. So we need to rebel. We need to. We need to. We the people need to stand up and. Um, and take these evil people down. And I, I'm talking about exactly the stuff you're talking about. I'm not talking about violent revol revolution. Um, I'm not talking about killing people like they've killed us, but we, we need a conservative, we the people, and we need to target the governments, not just Pfizer.
We need a target. Doc, to Dr. Thorpe, I, I have a whole plan around where we can do that, but we got to get people organized first and we have to give them things that are simple for them to do and where they don't feel they're any, at any risk. We're, we're saying when you walk into that pharmacy, don't you dare buy a, a Pfizer product. If you have a, a Pfizer uh, prescription, go up to the pharmacist and say, is there something I can get that we, that's instead of this? That, that's part of their job is to understand the options. Yeah, well, I would, I, I would add more to that. I would be threatening them uh, like my CVS pharmacy illegally. Uh, didn't They've killed patients. So as Walmart pharmacies, I'd get in their face about that. They illegally stopped us from using drugs that we knew was over 90% effective. So they killed most of the people in the world, six, seven million people that have died from COVID-19. They died unnecessarily because they wouldn't allow us to use. So, so those are the, you know, I, I wouldn't be just I, banning Pfizer. I, well, I, I, I be, agree a hundred percent. I would be uh, throwing blood on their front doors and asking why they killed people. You need to get more aggressive than just, you know. I, I know, but you already identified yourself as one of those one percenters of, of, of willing to step in. And I, I, I want to get the, the 80 percenters of people that would do some th simple things. Well, and, I, I have, buying I another have vendor to buy or, and telling do, other people, do don't you ever use that product? I've got some. I've Thank got you some so other, much, uh, Dr. Thorpe. Dr. Thorpe, we know that your time's valuable, and I was trying to get in we here. Appreciate I, I so appreciate much. you so much for coming by, and I know we had audio issues. We'd love to have you back if you would come back because I'd love to hear more about this, and I, and I want to get that I'm going to get that slide deck from one of you guys, and I'm going to share it with mm -hmm. all of our listeners. I appreciate you being here. We just wanted to let you go before. Just real quick, though, I know you said you're you're part of the 1% of the population that can admit to and apologize for your mistakes. Let me tell you that only 30% of the population actually has a running commentary out uh, in their head when they're not actively doing something. Only 30% of the population has a running commentary in their head when they are not actively engaged in something. Think about that. That means 70% of the population are straight up NPCs. So cheap. Hey man, anyway, scary. it is scary. Scary thought. I'm happy to come on, uh, come back on um, anytime you guys need me. And I'm sorry, I got to cut this short. Thank That's you, Dr. fine, sir. We yep. appreciate two, two you being here. We're, we're so, we're so thankful you've been willing to join us and be on the uh, the Humanity Coalition. Thank you. Thanks. Talk Thank soon. Excellent. Um, Mr. Strom, uh, some of our Canadian friends are asking where they can join up with you, where they can uh, um, find your, your website, your, your Act Canada, or your, your Canadian organization that you were just talking about. Okay. The associations that we really are uh, partnered with here would be Action for Canada. Uh, dot uh, com, and that's a that number four, not a letter four, right? Or that's correct. A, action number four Canada dot com. Dot com. Thank you, Brian. And, and the awesome. other, the other very active group that uh, we have in Canada is the Canadian COVID Care Alliance. That's all one word. Dot org. So those are two organizations that uh, very actively have uh, taken uh, all kinds of initiatives, uh, carried them forward, and alerted Canadians as to the dangers associated with the products being uh, given out by these companies. 
So these are uh, things that we can do. I'd uh, like to basically just outline what we've done here in Alberta. And it really falls in line with what we're attempting to do as a larger group, both Canada-wide and worldwide. And that's uh, part of our uh, breakout into uh, small groups. Uh, get, I like to call it our CIA uh, approach. Get connected, uh, get involved, and get active. And it's extremely important that people do get in, uh, get connected together. Here in Alberta, this happened very early on in terms of uh, lo looking at what happened during the lockdowns, which people were isolated from one another. This caused all kinds of uh, social upheaval, in my view. And I think it is borne out in the kind of distress that individuals felt uh, during that particular time period. Uh, elevated uh, items dealing with suicide, uh, drug use, and these sorts of things that uh, we now have to deal with from a social nature. So many here in Alberta got connected even during those times when it was against the law. I might point out here that we had three of our pastors in this province uh, jailed. Uh, they were threatened and fined and uh, spent time in jail. Probably one of the only places in the Western world where this occurred. Well, honestly, good on them. I wish we'd had pastors that stood up and were jailed here in the U.S. We didn't because we had so few pastors that stood up. At least y'all had enough pastors that stood up and said, no, nah, bear, but they ended up in jail for it. Exactly. And they didn't have that kind of backbone. Yeah. And they were they were a complete inspiration for so many of us in the population. And, and I had many friends who don't attend church or anything like that. Uh, but they said, this was wrong. This was wrong. And it's, and it's time that the population generally stood up. And here in Alberta, uh, many of us, uh, you know, supported them. Many of us uh, have gotten uh, together. In the province, there are now roughly between 100 and 200 uh, individual groups that basically were resisting what was going on at the time. Uh, one of those groups actually has somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 25,000 family members. And so we're a growing concern, uh, certainly to those and certainly part of what we consider to be the freedom movement here in Alberta. It's time that people got together, made good relationships with each other, and then took action, as Glenn is suggesting. And that indeed is occurring here in Alberta. I, and it's I, influenced the political structure, by the way, incredibly. I, I have another question for you. Um, sure. Just because uh, we don't, 
I, I don't know how many listeners we actually have in Alaska. How in Canada? Is, no, in Alaska. Okay. Um, what is the Eskimo population doing in Canada? I mean, are they getting jabbed? Are they going out and getting jabbed? Are they actually following? Because I know the American Indian uh, population here in America, they basically told the government to. No, 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 they didn't. They completely succumbed. Oh, they did. did oh, they? yes, they absolutely did. Well, no, I know of two tribes. that did. Yeah, no, they've been incredibly damaged by the jab. I think it was actually targeted towards them. But yes, they have been <laughs> masked and complied six ways from Sunday. I know of two tribes oh, yeah. that have said no. I have I have an observation for Canada for you on that. Um, one of our great doctors, Charles Hoff, he's perhaps one of the very first doctors anywhere to speak out against the vaccines because of the damage they did. And he was actually uh, providing medical care for a group of Amerindians in, in British Columbia. And he saw what it did to them, both in terms of injuries and deaths. And he came out and said, look, this is crazy. I've never seen this in a vaccine before. And mysteriously, his home and lab burned down. Mm-hmm. Charles Hoff is an extraordinary, extraordinary individual and very, very brave and has sacrificed a lot to give us this information. But I can say that uh, the he, like all medical staff in Canada, were instructed to give this um, concoction to everybody, including uh, Aboriginals. And they were not allowed to say anything that might cause vaccine hesitancy and uh Charles Hoff, you know, did his best to save them and stop giving it. But yes, they, the the Aboriginal people of Canada also were coerced into taking the shot and lied to and conned into taking it. Yeah. Um, let me just ask quickly for uh, whenever you're ready to sign off, I have a video ready to share with you that I shot at the Freedom Convoy. I'd be honored to put it on for you. Yes, so please do. Please do. We have a hard stop coming up in about 10 minutes. So. Yes. Well, here we go. Very short. Uh, should be in your There were tens of thousands of people there that day. That is absolutely awesome. Yeah, that is, it is fabulous. You, it was, you that. It was minus, every time I see it, it chokes me up. It was minus 10 or 15 degrees Fahrenheit out that day. There were tens of thousands of people. And I, I particularly like that clip because of one guy who walked by with a sign that said, Cogito ergo sum liber. Yep. I think, therefore, I am free. Yep. That's exactly what that says. Mm-hmm. I, I love No, you know what? I only wish, I only wish here in America we did the same thing y'all did. Except January 6th scared us. All our, of us. I wish our convoy went around 
the Beltway in D.C. and just cut off inner city D.C. I wish they did the same thing. I wish they had the balls. But yeah, January 6th. I mean, it's an excuse. I, I think it is. It's an excuse because excuses are like assholes. Everybody's got one and they all stink. But that is a perfect example of something we could have done here the same way you all did in Canada. What it could have said. And happen. man, if we did it at the same time to both governments, that's a lot of people. Yep. You can't ignore that. You, nope. you can't stop and say, no, that's wrong. We had our chance January 6th and we blew it. Um, Dr. Jerry, uh, Australia has reverted to its original prison state. Yeah, where you yeah. house all the Irish. H- how, yeah, are, um, how, how are you guys standing up and dealing with that? Yeah, we're in a stage now where um, the police state thing has backed off a great deal, almost totally. And the politicians just don't want to even recognize that it ever happened. They're trying to sneak. They're trying to sneak out the back door. Um, it's it's very interesting. So um, nothing much is happening here now. It's pretty much back to normal almost. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, it'll come again. Uh, our I, I'm completely convinced our politicians are totally controlled by foreign influences. Um, our political parties are compromised. All of our institutions are compromised. Our mainstream mm-hmm. media is. Completely controlled and corrupted. Um, yeah, we're in a bad situation. I don't think our situation is as bad as Canada's, but uh, pretty close. Yeah. And we're we're right there behind both you and Canada because actually we're in front of them. We just don't realize. It. Yeah, that's we what just makes don't it realize worse. it. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, we we don't Perhaps, identify yeah. that there is a problem yet. We're still believing all the hype and all the BS. And we've been trying to cut through it for the last two years. We've been trying and uh, it's been tough go. I mean, we've gotten kicked off of every platform we've pretty much been on. We found two that we've kind of stuck around on now and well, we've been we lucky. All right. Oh, my alarm's going off. So, yes. again. Um, so Vlad, Vlad, Ray, referred, you... Vlad referred to Paris before. You ought to see last week's, I think it was Sunday last week's. Yep in paris i don't know if you've seen them that's unbelievable oh, yeah. what's going yeah you know how we're watching it do you know how we're watching it we're watching it via the internet because we can't get it on tv they don't there's yeah. nothing on the tv about what's going on in france there's nothing what's going on in uh italy right now either i don't know if you've heard about these new uprisings that just took place outside of rome but this is ridiculous like the farmers in italy now have lost their mind because they're trying to vaccinate their cattle and they just came around with needles trying to inject their cattle. And they were like, no, ew, that's yeah. not happening. So, yeah. yeah. And then the Dutch farmers are getting shut down as well. Yep. So they're, they're also. They- I wanted- Italy, Italy also recently took action on insect flour. Flour made from insects. Yes. <laughs> yes I, no, they banned it entirely. So you want to you buy pasta, make sure you get it straight from Italy because it's the only way it's not going to have ground up crickets in it. So Italy passed new laws saying that any insect products have to be very clearly labeled and the boxes have to be in separate locations. Uh, There's also been other moves by other countries. I think Hungary passed laws. Obviously, what's taking place here is a classic, um, I'm going to say, communist attack on the food supply, trying to destroy our culture of what we eat. And uh, there, there are some countries that recognize what's going on and they're standing up and blocking it. In the Netherlands, a new party called the BBB, which is a farmer's party, scored. Now, I don't know if you know how proportional representation works, but it's set up so that basically leftists always has power. Pretty much. The BBB actually 
had such a giant win that they cannot form a coalition, what they call a, a, a cordon sanitaire, around them. So they're in control of one state now in the Netherlands. There is, uh, stunningly, there's the appearance of what may be push, effective pushback through democratic processes. I, 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 I'm kind of holding my breath on that, but we'll see how it works. But yes, there is, a, there is pushback against the insect thing in Europe. Good. That's good. All right. That's be, good. Be, before we close, I need to get back a short message to your to you, I, what I said about Wait, the truckers. Please. I'll be Go very ahead. brief. We, we no, really you want your it. we really want your feedback from your audience. Uh, we we believe there's a potential for for organizing mini mini caravans, convoys uh, to could head toward Massachusetts. Right, especially those that are in that area. Don't allow infiltrators. Only work with the people you know. You probably don't need semis. Pickup trucks are fine. And and head and potentially head to 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 converge on Massachusetts and on the headquarters of both Moderna and on the headquarters for for Pfizer. Uh, they're both in Cambridge, Mass. And if we could form and and get a prayer circle out there to to pray for 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 the, those employees to to do something better, to pray to uh, to something better come of of those facilities, something better come of that state of Massachusetts. Uh, I think that'd be spectacular, but absolutely interested in feedback. I uh, couldn't uh, help, but you know what? Uh, Lee Dundas, who's a good friend of ours, she's been on this show. She helped with the Canadian. Uh, no, she helped with the, the trucker convoy in California. Yeah, with the mm -hmm. American side of the trucker convoy. And she went up to Canada and uh, she saw that and she was completely blown away. I don't see why we couldn't do something like that. That's I think that's simple. That's an easy fix. All we got to do is get together and drive up to Massachusetts. Would you like another clip? Go for it. Sure. Uh, you might notice at the beginning of this one, uh, this is like day one or two. I was so pumped. I started humming the Rocky thing. Sorry about that.
That is epic. That has got to be, I, and it looks like it's colder than all get out up there. Yeah, we don't miss that at all. Um, <laughs> we're going to drop the, the Red Pill stream so that uh, Josh can get his show set up here. So Red Pill Project is coming up next for the Daily Dose, y'all. Um, so uh, go check that out. Yeah, we're only going to be on here for a, a, another minute or two just while we, we play the outro, but Josh has to get his show set up. So that is accurate. Um, yeah. So, gentlemen, again, we appreciate you coming on. Yes. We got to get y'all back. Absolutely. We just got to. We'll do this. I think we need to do it a little bit more in a smaller group. <laughs> well, potentially. Uh, we also, you know, can keep it uh, a little stronger from a moderating viewpoint of, of keeping to task and even uh, amount of time per item. Oh, yeah, we're, we're if, bad at that. We're, we're certain we would we'd be very thankful if we could give you some kind of update almost every day. And, and that can be as, as short as five minutes. Yeah. Um, but because there's so much we have, you, you, you can hear, you can understand that from us. Uh, we're wondering if it's possible for us to come back on Monday. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. We don't have anything okay. on Monday. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be super. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. You got not it. a problem. We, we, we'll give you two and a half. We'll give you the whole show again. Not a problem. Yeah. Yep. All yours. Well, yeah, part of what, what we're doing is is getting more and more people to endorse. So we'll also come with a variety of extra endorsement videos that uh, you'll, you'll you know be people that uh, many people are familiar with that uh, are are joining in with us. Fantastic. Actually, we kind of like to oh, learn you all. By out. the way, we just just so you're aware, we we are going to have a video clip uh, recorded of Asim Malhotra tomorrow morning. So as as part of his endorsement of what we're doing. Uh, that's outstanding. That's Excellent. pretty badass. Yep. Uh, but no, literally though, actually I like to do this. This is more real. This is, this is us being people, humans. This is what we're supposed to do. You're supposed to talk to other people. You're supposed to have conversations. You're not supposed to sit there and just ignore everybody. Like everybody does today. You're supposed to have a conversation. This is what you're supposed to do, especially when you agree on topics. Absolutely. This is exactly the kind of size we think is a perfect size for a pod. Something between six and ten uh, yeah. that, that people get together. It's small enough that everybody's got time to give an opinion. Uh, you can kind of decide among yourselves who you feel are, are leaders or who's good at communications, who's good at recording things. You, you assign things the same way as you would, you know, is done all the time in the military. Uh, it's all is done in, in, in groups and, uh, you know, school projects. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an ideal human size for, for getting things done. Glenn, yeah. um, I, I could show the I can show the wheel of action if you think it's uh, a good thing to do. I can if I can share my screen, I can show Absolutely. that. Absolutely, go for yeah. it. Yeah, you should uh, be. There should be an option on the bottom that says uh, share. share um, Leo, you're right. Leo over here on the chat says, "I'm just sick of Americans thinking everything can be done online. It's insanity." You're absolutely right. That's you know, why I'm bringing this up. We're we're all about you know sitting there, and um, that's why he's been talking about making local connections and we talk about that all the time you know you need to find people in your local community that you can depend on we need to go back to you know back in the day when you could go next door and borrow a cup of sugar or you know uh, right now we you know I, how many neighbors can you walk up and knock on their door and they're not going to greet you with a a shotgun awkward look yeah. and probably a gun in there. Or hand. don't know who who you are. You, you know? know, like like here in our in our little neighborhood, in our little community, um, I'll go and, and drop off eggs at the neighbor down the street in exchange for grapefruits and oranges off his tree when they're ripe. Or, you know, the guy across the street goes fishing because he's retired and his wife drives him nuts. Um, and now his freezers are full. And so he brings us 
fish and we give him eggs. Um, you know, it's we're building a community of people that we know that we can trust that we can depend on so that when it really hits the fan, we know who has our backs and y'all have to do that in your own local communities. You have to get back to knowing your neighbors again and whether they're like-minded or not, as far as the, the, the macro, the bigger politics, there's always something that you can agree on with your neighbors. If there wasn't, you wouldn't live in the same community. So you got to find that common ground. And, and again, the jab is the ultimate leveler. It doesn't matter what your politics are. Everybody knows somebody that's been damaged by the jab or killed by the jab. Yep. And if you can find that thing that you have in common and you can start to build a friendship or a community, just a niche on it, just you can... something, then, then you can work into finding that, that person that's, that's had, you know, that's been affected badly by the jab. So, so, so here's anyway. something else that's uh, can, extremely can the, can, timely. I've just, I've just shared that wheel of action. Can you guys see it? Okay. I've oh, shared it, but... Yeah, it's down here. Okay, I got it. I got it. Yep. Yeah, we got it. Okay. All right. While people are looking at that, um, I'll come back tomorrow. One of the things I want to encourage people is all of this week and all of next week, all of the congressmen in the U.S. are home doing local activities. So if people can gather together and they can call their, their local office and say, hey, the congressman's in, in, in around this week. Can we have a face-to-face -face meeting? Or, or say, where are they going to be available that I can uh, attend a town hall where the congressman is there? And then, then we want to attend and we want Congress to start moving on this. We've got to get these vaccines cleaned up and then we got to go after other things that the, the Congress has done wrong. Thank you. Yeah, I Absolutely. agree. Absolutely. So. so the wheel of action, who's explaining this? I'll, I'll explain it because I, I, it's my invention. So I like it. the central central message, reject globalism. That's really, really important. Um, choose local action. That's really important. There's five strategies on the right, and then there's key educational areas on the right for the cooperative education. So around the circle, there's use cash. Cash is incredibly important. Cash is sovereign money, non-interest bearing. And at the moment, in Western advanced economies, it's only 2% of our money supply. We've got to push that up through demand. The only way we can do it is through demand. It's incredibly important. Otherwise, the other 98% of our money supply is interest-bearing credit money created by bank loans. We've got to push that right back up to 50% again. Then we've got community-owned banks. We've got to find out banks that are community-owned. In Germany, there's a 70% of the banking system. Uh, we have many of them in Australia. They have no, they have no shareholders. So therefore, they don't pay dividends, and you've got to support them. Cooperative food and produce, very important to find sources of food and produce. Cooperative health systems, you've got to develop them in your own local area and cooperative education. Um, I think stay-at-home uh, education is, is difficult for most parents, but one or two hours a week spent on those key educational areas can give your children uh, information they need that they're not taught in the education system. So it's a nice little one, one, one graphic that people can start to see a, a, a concept that they can put into action locally. I, and I like, I, I like, I like your idea with the education part too. Even if you spend an hour or two with a night with your kids, just ask them what they learned in school. Ask them yeah, those yeah. questions. That yeah. is the stuff where you can 
take away the brainwashing, so to speak, that they were being educated yeah. while they were in school. And you can basically subvert that implant and That's teach fine. them the way it really is. If you look at that list, Mick, um, you'll see that all of those things are definitely not taught in our education system these days. <laughs> we are. They don't. You no, know, simply, they're, not. they're not taught. Uh, geography of nations, if you put a map up, most 18-year-old kids wouldn't know where um, a nation such as Pakistan is. They wouldn't have a clue. Um, this is disgraceful. They don't even know the planet they're living in. Mm -hmm. They don't know their. They don't know the history of their nations. They don't know the history of their 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 society. They don't know how the banking system works. They don't know how the political system works. Well, we I've, don't know that. So, are you ready, you ready for yeah. like one of the funniest things that ever happened? So, uh, uh, my kid, when he was in public school initially. Um, he said, well, uh, they were talking in school one day and the teacher was talking and she was married to a soldier. And she said, well, my husband right now is deployed and he's over here in Iraq. And he pointed at the, she pointed at the globe. And so my kid being my kid, he looked up and he goes, well, my dad's deployed too, but he's not in Iraq. And she said, well, where's your dad at? And he's just like, well, he's in Jordan. Where's that? She's like, I have no idea. <laughs> Don't know. Yeah. Typically. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Well, but then we found out that um, you know, we knew that they didn't teach the American Constitution in school because Constitution Day falls during the summer, so they don't teach the Constitution in school. And then we found out, and and now our our older son goes to a, a private Catholic military school. So a lot of things on that list he is taught. He can tell you where every country in the world is. He can point them out on a map. He's excellent at it. I can't do that. Um, he he knows ancient history and modern history and and um, a, a good portion of that. He's good at math He's as well. Good education, um, that's that's he, rare. He is. He is. It, it rare. Rare. Yeah. But um, I asked him because I'd heard that they weren't they were no longer teaching the Declaration of Independence, and so I asked him. I said, "Have you learned the Declaration Declaration of Independence? Do they teach that in your school?" And he said, "Oh, of course." I said, "Okay, well, tell me about it." He goes. Oh no, we haven't actually read it. They just we're teach, told the gist of it. They teach the concept of how it came about, why we have the Declaration of Independence. We haven't actually read the document. They don't let us read that. <laughs> and why is that? Because it's too revolutionary. Because it might give them ideas about what the government's doing now, why we stood up 200 years ago. Maybe we should do it again. 250 years 250 ago. years ago. Thank you. By the way, this is common in all countries that we don't know our constitutions. Mm -hmm. We don't understand our, our constitutional rights. And we don't really understand what the rule of law is, which are all foundational to uh, free nations. Th these are important things that we must get a handle on. Uh, coming through revision to our education systems and th these things take time because the past in the past we've had decades of this kind of revisionism that's taken us down this mm -hmm. pathway and so it, it it will take you know something in the order of 20 to 40 years to bring this back to the point that we have an understanding of our world around us and the understanding that we are sovereign nations, we are sovereign individuals, and we must stand up for ourselves.
Now, I'll just just quickly say something about Mm -hmm. cash. In the 1950s and 60s, cash was way, way dominant over credit as part of our money supply, as our proportion of our money supply. It's now 2%. 2% is our money, the people's money created by the Treasury with no interest component. We've got to fight back from 2% all the way back to above 50%. That's a long journey. Yeah, that's just that's just one journey we have to make, and then there's education. There's all the all the other things we've got to make all those journeys. Everything they've corrupted in the last hundred years, and we, we got to start all over. Glenn, guys, I can't wait to see you guys back here Monday night. Uh, we will check you out then. Uh, Glenn, we're going to definitely show this video before we leave tonight. Um, yeah. You guys don't have to stick around for it. I know you guys have probably seen it 150 times, but I want all of our listeners to watch it. I appreciate you, sir. Appreciate every single one of you. Ray, Vlad, uh, Jerry, we want to get all you guys back. Um, and we can do it individually. We can do it as a group. We can do it as we can do it individually and then bring everybody back as a group and then Whatever. have another conversation. We can do that. But or I'm Glenn, all if about you, if you want to bring this. on a different, you know, different round of people next time you come to by all means you know everybody's welcome we we are very flexible and i can tell you right now we are going to promote the heck out of this we're going to let everybody know about it and i think this is really important because you're right we have to start doing something there's got to be a way to redirect this train back onto the rails and maybe pull an emergency brake on the son of a gun and stop it i mean i can only hope yeah and we we have i I hope i didn't offend anybody by being rude and and breaking in but uh, not at all not at all don't you worry, worry about that, sir. We're we're from we're New Yorkers too. Yeah. We're from Connecticut. You cannot offend us, okay? Yeah. Um, we're and we're old school. Like you can offend them now. You you can't you can't offend eighties New Yorkers kids. That just doesn't happen. So hey, it that's like, awesome. It sounds like you were a military guy, Glenn. Um, no. Um, just uh, from the video. I mean, I I I. I've worked while I worked for digital equipment prior to the years that I did a, a very, an international product. Uh, all, all of those were heavily involved in contracting with, uh, with military establishment. So, uh, I, I worked a lot with the Naval underwater system center in new London, Connecticut, yep. uh, and in a, r- a range of other places. I, I had both a DOD and a DOE clearance. Um, my, my son, <laughs> uh, developed, uh, uh, satellites uh for the dod uh it's uh and 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 i've I've worked heavily very heavily so my team was uh deeply involved with uh uh, bringing forward the military whistleblowers and uh so my my team sponsored that we we established the connection to begin with and uh and and you know convince them to come come out somewhat and uh and uh uh, we set up the situation where the pre- the the two videos uh, were recordings were done with Brett Weinstein, and we sponsored the the uh, all of the announcement materials and the the streaming of the output from the uh, press conference that was was held. So uh, we have a lot of connections there. There's a a variety a variety of issues that they had around you know certain amount that they could say and they couldn't. Uh, and there's a couple of people there that can say more and I'm, I'm going to approach them to see if they want to come on your show. Yeah. By Outstanding. All yeah. Let them come. Uh, we're all about it. We don't have a problem. We will protect our identity too. If they don't want their identity out there, we will protect that it's as fine. well. We That's not a problem. So yeah. So, all right. Not Thank a big you issue. so much gentlemen for your time. This has been absolutely amazing. We can't wait to have you back. So um, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yes. And, uh, and Vlad, you, uh, you're, they can find you at, uh, you said Vlad, is it Vlad Tempest.com? 
Here, I'll write out the two sites. Uh, let's see. Let's start with uh, rairfoundation.com. And uh, at my own site is Vlad Tepes blog. Ah. So uh, Tepes is spelled T-E-P-E-S. Vlad Tepes, yep. if you're Romanian. VladTepesBlog.com. And um, right. got a typo there, Vlad. The, you got an extra period. It's you instead of see it to be for for blog, or you. Oh, I see you got you get blog it. Oh, wait a minute. You did you, you did cog too. instead of com? <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. I'll yeah, fix so it. Just just I'll throw away it. this geo. There you go. I'll fix it. Fantastic. Not a big deal. Not a big right. issue at all. We yes. appreciate that. Though. And our audience is very familiar with the Rare Foundation because we play your clips regularly. Yes, we here. do. So, um, <laughs> it's a common It is a common yes, theme. Absolutely. So fantastic. All right. Um, all right. We are going to, we're actually mm -hmm. going to close out with that, with your short video that was on Rumble. Um, Glenn, you want to throw out your Rumble channel too? I know you put things up on there occasionally. Sure. And it's, I passed my phone because it's a little more. Um. Here, I'll I'll read it to me. I'll so I give can... it out. Yeah. If you can find it, it's at L, the number four, mm -hmm. capital A, lowercase TV one, the number one. So yeah. it's lo love for all mm -hmm. TV one. There you go. Love for all TV one. So L four A TV one. It's it's on Rumble. It's the Rumble channel. Yeah, here we go. Boom. All right. We'll add that one to, as well. Boom. Fantastic. So we, 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 we try to make the first L a capital so it doesn't get confused with eyes. Okay. Gotcha. Let me fix that real quick then. I apologize. I'll hide that and I will edit that. Yeah. So we'll make it a, so nobody thinks it's a one. I or get it. I, yeah. That's, there you go. There you go. Cool. Thank you. Go check that out. Awesome. There you go. And uh, we will see you guys uh, on in Monday. A few days. Yeah. Yeah. So well, we appreciate if, it. If it's okay, I'll come in for yeah, at least I'll, a, I'll, an update I'll, tomorrow and, and to talk sure. about how to contact congressmen while they're in, in their home office. You got it. Absolutely. Not a problem. Sounds we good. appreciate that, sir. All you right. all have a great night and uh, God bless. This is great. Thank you very much and keep up the great, great work. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, gentlemen. Good night. Thank you. All right. And here's their video. For the rest of you all. No way out, no one to come and save me. Wasting the life that the good Lord gave me. Then somebody said what I'm saying to you. Open my eyes and told me the truth. They said just a little faith, it'll all get better. So I follow that preacher man down to the river. And now I'm changed. And
tigers and alligators. But once you get to the gate, you can't depend on your waiters. Cause you'll be over your tater. I'm talking growing tomatoes. Yeah. Feeding the worms, I fish with later. I'll have a fish stick plate over a six foot grave. Before I take a knee as our anthem play. My hands on my heart, I stand on what I say. And my second amendment handles what I can't. I ain't trying to be Billy Badass or talk shit. I'm just saying, there's the line. Don't cross it. I got a red rider gun when I was three, so I don't run or hide from anything. Bitch, I'm a red, white, and blue collar boy from the south. And you can fuck around and find out. Love my country, love my freedom. Fuck the welfare, now I don't need them. Shotgun raised from the woods to the plate. Ain't never went hungry, ain't never too late. To come around here, son, running your Strapped up in a white I can show you if it's needed. When you see it, you'll believe it. If you don't love it, you can leave it. Michael Jackson, you can beat it. F-A-F-O, I teach you how this game go. Different joints, same smoke. Wake up, wear the same clothes. Real redneck, I'm a piece of white trash. Blue collar boy, but my lady's high class. Got the music way up loud with a cigar in my mouth. Fuck around and come find out how we do it in the South. I ain't saying nothing, but you're running that mile. I never take a hand out, I'm too damn proud I'm a son of the dirty south With a truck seat high and he straight pipes loud This land, land of freedom Double barrels in case we need Man up, we'll sit your ass down We done talking, fuck around and find out I love my country 